Uh, is this thing on? Can you hear me? Welcome to the Gravity Lift Podcast, a mostly entertaining and at times informative place where we get to chat about all the things we love. Music and festival life, yoga and wellness, travel and adventure. We are your hosts, Jordan and Antonella. What's up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Gravity Lift Podcast. Today, we have a a dear friend who can be described as a web developer, music creator, DJ, cat whisperer, tattoo traveler, and extremely good looking. This is Anthony Samaha. Samaha? Whatever. (laughs) Originally from Spokane, he moved to Seattle for work and also to pursue his passion for electronic music. As a DJ, he has played at clubs all over Seattle, but lately he's been focusing all of his attention into producing, which has led him to finding his own sound. With an EP on the way, plus a few singles slated for release on labels around the world, expect to hear a few Samaha songs in the near future. Besides music, you'll find him documenting his ridiculous cat, traveling to a new country once a year, and getting inked up along the way. A Samaha, dude. All right, well, we have Anthony Samaha in the studio right now. How you doing, dude? I'm good. Welcome. Did he Very say your good. last name correctly? Because I've always been say curious. Samaha? It's... A Samaha. It it goes either way. There's no, One of the two? There's no right answer. Most people say Samaha. Okay. But there's a few that say Samaha. But what's your preference? Samaha. Samaha. Okay. Kind of just all I don't care. Okay. But, it, I mean... Do you have a middle name? I do. What? Uh, it's my father's name. It's Elias. Elias. And I his, like that. His, uh, his, we're his, big fans of that name, really? actually. That was going to be our kid's name. It's, it's no on, way. It's on our baby list. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's it's number two now. It's number two. We got a new one that's like number it. one. What's the number one? Eon. 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 Yeah. Eon. E-O-N. Yeah. It's, right. a, it's a nod to the Matrix. Neon. Yeah. 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 Just a new <laughs> flip on it. My middle name's E. So I Your middle name is E. Just E. Yeah. Just the letter? Just, yeah, the letter. just the letter. No dot, no nothing. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I wanted to do an E name for a kid. And, and of course he's assuming it's going to be a boy. Yeah, so. of course. What about if it's a girl? We're going to do Evie. 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 Evie I-E. Which is also a nod to V for Vendetta. Or Pokemon. Is, I was going to say Pokemon. Po- <laughs> Pokemon totally works too, for sure. But uh, That's cool because when she gets, once you've like raised her enough, you can, you know, evolve her into whatever. Yeah. yeah. Right? She gets that's to pick her path. Baby, that's how babies work. Yep. Yeah. Flareon. Uh, what were the other ones? Uh, Jolteon. Jolteon. Va- Vaporeon. I was thinking like high. Pe- no, that's totally. That's like it's probably one of the new, uh, the new Pokemon. So I would love that. to make fun of you both right now, but oh, I actually sorry. went down the Pokemon Go rabbit trail. What <laughs> Dude, was yeah, that? Like how a crazy year? This is our childhood. You're making fun of. So. No, not anymore. I'm oh. telling you, because when I got the app, I was like, this is fucking fantastic and we were like hopping on our bikes and riding around town you know that was such a good time period (laughs) when everyone was outside playing that and then the game just kind of died out a little bit yeah so it's still alive because we were out yeah we don't still play it but where were we where we saw this whole crew of people oh we were just outside of bala in kirkland we were in kirkland juanita area so like 10 minutes from here and we're like what are all these people doing on their phones and there was like these groups and we walked a little further and there was a whole nother group so there must be right around there there must be something good something there good was, hmm. like crews of I just, of nerds i just got tired of <laughs> trying to catch all these pokemon just to i forgot isn't that okay yeah yeah just get you nice and close on that mic all right can just you is this good down. there you go okay yeah i don't know it just got kind of a lot i felt yeah. like i was 
staring at my phone way too much. Yeah. Well, and then when you've got people like Tony who are like riding the oh, bus to work dude. or something and they oh, just have man. like all these crazy levels. You're like, dude, why am I even playing this game anymore? Oh, is that how he was getting so high? I think he would like no, walk yeah, to yeah. work. A lot of people were, no, they were riding the buses or public transport and they were able to just... At when it would stop, they yeah. would like all these Pokemon would appear and they'd catch all these good ones. They're like, like hubs the? of people. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that game was funny because because uh, I remember playing it in my childhood for sure. And then her son is what, 14 years 15. younger than me? Oh, younger? I yeah, he's 14 know. years younger than me. <laughs> and so like he used to like try to get her to play, but that was like the different version. Mm-hmm. So it's like mm-hmm. we were like the Pokemon original. Like <laughs> we had like red and blue and which, then, like gold which, and silver. Uh, which was the... What was your first game? Blue. Blue? Same. Yeah. Yeah. That's the good one. I actually, one of my fondest memories as a child, I still remember it vividly, was I my parents bought me a Game Boy Color for when we went to Europe. Uh, and How old my, were you? Uh, when second grade? Like when did okay. the game come out? Okay. Uh, nice. I was probably like nine or whatever. Sweet. But so my, my mom being a genius, she was like, oh, he's like, this is, he's going to be a problem in Europe when we're trying to do all this like <laughs> Europe touristy stuff and all he wants to do is you know not be there so they bought she bought me a game boy color with pokemon blue and i remember being so happy and i was like playing and i remember i caught a jigglypuff and i went through the second level or uh what's the town the misty's misty's town cerulean city gotcha you go through this cave and i found a moonstone in the cave and clefairy right so no i had no i had the jigglypuff and i was thinking to myself because and i was like i was leveling this pokemon i was fighting pokemon in the grass just to level it up to yeah. evolve it and i was like why isn't it evolving yeah this is ridiculous like i've been training all day all night and <laughs> then I, i'm sleeping i'm sleeping on a on my grandma's couch uh in belgium and i wake up at two in the morning it's me and my sister were sharing a couch and i wake up and i'm like oh my gosh that moonstone that i found in the cave that has to that has to make this happen and i like opened it and it evolved i evolved it in the middle of the night and i woke my sister up and i'm like wake up wake up <laughs> like it was it was so funny and i was like so happy and i evolved did my... she care was she excited she was at that age where like i, th- I mean if i'm nine she was five or six oh, okay so she would just get excited at anything oh, i got excited. yeah she's trying yeah she's yeah. So well, the reason I asked how old you were was because oh. then five years after that, I guess oh. we'll say I was like 14, 15 and my parents took us to Europe and I <laughs> grabbed my old school Game Boy <laughs> yeah. with Pokemon and like rebeat the entire Pokemon game while so traveling fun. around Europe. And they're all like seeing all these cool sites and like going to the Louvre and like the Eiffel Tower yeah, see, in Switzerland. Was... And I'm like, yeah, I'm Ash. <laughs> gotta catch them all. <laughs> Yep, that was me. So we're going to Europe in July. Does that mean that I need to get Pokemon in order to really enjoy the European experience? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I still have my Game Boy somewhere. You can borrow mine. My old school like giant brick one. It wasn't even Game Boy Color. It was the I big had the brick. I had the see-through purple one. Oh, uh, yeah. My neighbor had that one. Yeah. Good times. Oh, yeah. yeah, so speaking of different countries. <laughs> so I know where you're from, but why don't you let everyone else know where you're from? Well, I where mean, do you I, hail from? Uh, I... I was born in Spokane, but I, <laughs> I am Compton. I am Lebanese. For some reason, I thought you were born there. Lesbianese. <laughs> so um, no, I was not born there. My dad was. Okay, that's what I was gonna say. Nope. So you're like first generation. Yeah. Yeah. So Antonella's- my mom's. Yeah. So yeah, my dad was born in Lebanon. My mom was born in Lake Como, Italy, but her, my grandma is, like 
Belgian and grandpa was from Boston. So, I mean, hmm. crazy. Yeah. Were they just that visiting was... there when they had her or what was, uh, that you know, I don't really remember. Yeah. Lake Como was one of the places we went when I was playing Pokemon. <laughs> yeah. We, we were at Lake Como on Easter Sunday. Hmm. Yeah. It's a beautiful spot. So, yeah. So you have I've some not been there. Italian background then I guess. in some way or another. Yeah. Have sure. you ever been to Italy? No. So I've been my, when me and my family went to, Europe and where we would go to Europe to travel every now like every five six whatever years they would always go to Italy before like I'd be working and I couldn't get time off I, I couldn't go the full time with them mm. like the most recent time they my mom went with my sister and brother to Italy and then I joined up with them after they did Italy and like joined up do other stuff so I've still never been to Italy gotta go dude and I, I see they'll always post pictures and I'm just at work like wow guys really like I couldn't schedule this a week later so I could go. Anyway, whatever. We're going this summer if you want to throw a backpack I'm, on your back and come so I actually, over and visit. I actually just uh, low-key bought a flight to Barcelona uh, in October. And I'm going to Ghana in September. Wow. That's so exciting. I can't. I don't know if I can swing an Italy trip right now. <laughs> so yeah. you have the travel bug. You did Bali last year, right? Or two um, years ago? Yeah. Two, so I've been trying to do... Uh, a new country every year because awesome. like yeah i don't have yeah i'm i save up my money i don't really do much anymore besides like make music or, or hang out with people so i'm trying like try and save a lot of money and then i try and travel really cheaply or mm -hmm. on the cheap and i try yeah so i went to bali last not this past november but november before mm -hmm. that was my first trip uh to like an eastern asia country it was my first time ever at a, on a white sandy beach which nice. yeah i originally was gonna do like thailand cambodia like try and do like multiple countries and then i was like you know what no i'm gonna just do one country and then uh two of my really good friends from canada they did like a month-long asia trip and they said bali was their favorite i was like you know i'll just do bali yeah and yeah there's a lot to see in bali oh yeah totally yeah. i was in love with it i want to retire there at some point and so every time you go somewhere you come back with something Oh yeah, what is it that you come back with uh, just a full heart and and <laughs> memories, you know, uh, and maybe a tattoo and a tattoo. <laughs> so we always joke about getting a tattoo when we're on vacation, and we almost did when we were in Florida, and we've talked about it in foreign countries. But I just kind of get nervous about inking my skin up in a foreign country. It's, so I feel like it takes a lot is, of trust. That is a a valid uh, thing to feel for <laughs> okay, sure. Good. Um, so the thing with my tattoos is, I mean, at first I didn't, I used to be against tattoos. Like my sister has a full sleeve and oh. I, every time she'd get a tattoo, I'd be like, what are you doing? You're like, you're 17. You're nuts. <laughs> like, how are you even, how are you doing this? Like, why? It's like such a waste of money. And then like, I guess her, I mean, her tattoos were kind of more ran on the more random side. Like she'd kind of get a random tattoo and I, that I never, that never resonated with me a bit. But then I had this idea. I was like, uh, you know, what if I, I don't know, I, I, I'd make music, like I make music, you know, and each tattoo, I like, in my head, I have this visual design of the song I'm making, like I'm, that I'm thinking about or something. And I was like, well, I suck at drawing. Why don't I just have someone like tattoo this on me? So each, each tattoo is actually a song that I've oh, I made that. or that I'm making, or that's like a project on my computer. Right. So the Bali one, this one here, uh, I have a song that's named after the temple that's on the top here. 
uh, and it's not it's not finished yet. It was back when I was making trance music, so like it's <laughs> it's one of those projects where I don't know if I'm gonna release it. I've tried. I gave it to a few. What was it? John uh, Emerge? Oh yeah. I sent it to him. I'm like man, just just take this song. <laughs> like you you're an A and R for some trance label. <laughs> like just take it, it, please. I just don't want it. Or give it to someone who would want to collab on this and just finish it for me. Like yeah. that's like my attitude towards that project. But yeah, so every song every tattoo i have on me is a song nice. and usually i i like when i went to japan in this past november i walked around with a little tascam recorder and i was recording like frogs or like <laughs> water drops in a temple mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna make this in a song which by the way that song i made is really really cool and it's gonna come out in like probably a year okay but uh yeah so i have a bunch of tattoos i love it and i'm gonna keep getting them I but, love that. I love that idea behind them, though. I had, mm-hmm. I had no idea. So, My daughter so, that you met, she's nineteen. She yeah. has five tattoos already. Oh wow! And she sings and plays guitar. And so I'm going to tell her that because I think that would be yeah, something it, she would really like. Because she wants more of them, but I think mm-hmm. at one point she's got to like start to have. <laughs> so well, yeah. So tattoos are addicting for yeah, sure. For I can sure. see why people get a lot because it's mm-hmm. like like I have another tattoo appointment in uh, July, like, and I don't normally. I don't normally get tattoos where I live. I try and do it where I travel, but I found this artist that's in Seattle that which I, one? Uh I can give you his Instagram after this. I don't know. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you know, uh, that's the guy I would go to if I got a tattoo. Really? Yeah. 100%. I think I think did I not get him from you? No, I think a lot of people have been talking about him lately just I think, like online. I think maybe it was like Darius or Dari- something. Darius yeah. posted something about I think, it. Yeah, I think I know so. uh yeah. So yeah, Marcus Roder posts about him and stuff. So. so yeah, I saw his someone posted his Instagram on the internet and I was like, "Man, that guy's art's pretty sweet." Like yeah. I, that kind of and if you see all my tattoos, they're kind of his style would fit, I think pretty well with yeah. what I'm going for. Um but and and so like and I've been trying to get the the idea I have for the next tattoo I've been trying to get is it was one of a song that I actually did release uh, on a label. Uh, it's called the beggar. Yeah, and so I'm, I had an idea for that tattoo, and I actually uh, I hire. So I met this girl on Fiverr.com, which I like. How do you meet a girl on Fiverr? Well, like I I hired her to. <laughs> no, I didn't. Meet, I didn't I, no, no, I didn't. No, 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 I didn't. <laughs> oh yeah, swipe just right. swipe on it. <laughs> uh, no, no, I didn't meet her yeah, in gotcha, real life. Gotcha. I like. I hired her to draw one of my my first tattoo because I had this cool idea for it, and I didn't really know any artsy people who could like draw well. So I was like, oh. and that was back when I was like, I just discovered Fiverr, and I was like, oh, this is a cool service. You know, five bucks, you can draw me something. So I sent her the idea for the song Kodiak, which was the first yeah. like big song that I released with the Demi Bros, and mm-hmm. and the, she like drew this up, and it was like. So good. It was like a really good piece of work. I'm like, five bucks? Here's like 30 bucks. Like, this is really good. So I, ever since then, I had her design. She designed this this one I just got in Japan. Yeah. And then there's one on my back that she did. And then she just designed this next one that I'm going to give to Chris and be like, hey, take your, this is what I kind of want. But uh, creative license over it. Yeah. 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 so yeah, so I get tattoos where I travel. It's mm-hmm. sweet. the The Bali one was a bit sketched though, because like you know I'm a bit nervous. I'm like, uh. so I spent. A, I actually like kind of ruined my Bali trip be- by getting the tattoo because I was in this town. Ta- <laughs> I was in Ubud, uh, right? That like town mm-hmm. up in the mountains. And I'm in my head. I'm like, I'm gonna. I want to find a tattoo near the end of my trip. So maybe when I go back to the more of the mainland area. 
And then I was, but I couldn't find any shops that I was super like comfortable with. A lot of them looked a bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. And then there was one in Ubud and I, was, I walked by it at, on, at like 11 o'clock a.m. I just eaten breakfast and I was like walking through like the town or whatever. And I, I came on this, came up out this little shop and I, on the window they had this Buddha face right here. It was a little different. I was like, wow, that's actually really good. So I like went inside and it looked like a legit tattoo studio. It looked clean. And I was like, you know, uh, like I, I asked about them and they actually had a website. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. You guys are somewhat legit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then I was like, how much for like that design in the window there? And like, obviously I wanted to change a couple things with it. And he was like, oh yeah, you know, whatever, five, 600 bucks it was. And I was thinking of putting it on my leg. I was never had intention of putting it on my bicep. I was, that's like a, you know, that's. I didn't want to show it. It's a big commitment. It's yeah. a commitment, yeah. right? And then when I agreed, he was like, oh, uh, it's half sleeve. And I'm like, uh, half sleeve? He was like, yeah, yeah. So that's what this design is. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, you know, okay, we'll do it. And I, it was like, and I didn't realize how long it would take. And I, I, it took like 10 and a half hours. Yeah. And I had, I didn't eat lunch. So I, I agreed. I'm like, all right, let's do it. And he like phones up the artist who like takes 20, 30 minutes to drive up on his scooter from wherever he was, <laughs> shows up, you know, puts his bag down. He's like, all right, let's go. Let's get this, get this going. And I was like, uh, okay. All right. I had no idea. This is my first big tattoo. I've never, all my other tattoos took like two, three hours. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Um, so how's this going to work? You know, like we just do this all today. And he was like, yeah. Uh, oh, I was like, uh, oh, Okay. <laughs> How long is this gonna take? It's like, oh, five, six hours. I'm like, oh, all right, that, eh, yeah, I can do that. I can, I can hold out food and water, whatever. Like, oh I'm my not. God. And so, <laughs> and so, yeah. So I, uh, and I was, I was supposed to climb a mountain the next day. Uh, so I was like, okay, yeah. I was like thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, it's, I'll probably have to wear like a sweatshirt. It's 100 degrees. I'm gonna hike a mountain. That's well, it's fine, you know. And this is halfway through my Bali trip. And so I, I had planned to do scuba diving stuff in like the Gilly Islands and like more watery things. Wasn't thinking. I was like, oh, I just really want this tattoo. Oh, this is... mm-hmm. And then ten and a half hours later, I'm oh like, Oh my god, that's I, so long. I, I, yeah. When he was there, the last like two hours, when I'm doing the shading, I was like passing out. I'm like, dude, is there like food here? He's like, no, no, like we can't let you leave. You know, you're bleeding everywhere or whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so that sucked, but yeah. I really, really, really love this tattoo. It's really it's cool. It's a great tattoo. And and then afterward, it's I, a labor of love. Yeah. Apparently. So it ended, you know, as like ten o'clock or whatever. I finally finish, and I actually like didn't realize I didn't even have the money ready. You had to, I had to like have the cash, mm. and I was like, shit, I didn't even. Can I cuss? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. My bad. No, you're good. Uh, Fuck yeah, you can. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't have enough money on me at the time and I didn't even think about that. And so when I said, can I go get like money for this? He like all three of them, there were two, three people there. Include, they like got pretty like defensive. They're like, oh, you need to go get this money now. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to accompany you to the we'll ATM. Like we're going to yeah. escort you like you. And I was like, oh, I'm not trying to rob you. Like I just wasn't thinking at the time. And so they literally r- drove me on a scooter and like stood right next to me as I withdrew all the money. And I was like, this is, yeah. they were very, it was like it, intense. At least you got an escort ride to the ATM. Yeah. And then after that, uh, I went 
to this like really lavish steakhouse and ordered the most expensive steak because I was like, I just I deserve this. I just, <laughs> I just went through a trial. I just and, earned that steak. But yeah, but then I had to, yeah, I had to have my arm covered and bleeding for the rest of my trip, and I had to wear like something to cover this, and it's like a hundred to hundred five degrees every day. So I suffered for like a week and a half in Bali for that tattoo. Oh man, yeah, I. I don't know what I was thinking. I wasn't thinking. Yeah, yeah I think that but, might have been um, what was happening. You'll go back someday. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I really liked the the second half of my trip, even though I didn't. I, I basically just like got drunk for, <laughs> yeah. and just like ate food and tried to stay in the shade and not get sunburned. Which also, uh, I accidentally. You know, have you been to Gilly Tea? Yeah, yeah. You know that boat like ferry you have to take over. Mm-hmm. You now you can go on the roof. Yeah, if yeah, you're, we if you're went lucky. Yeah, you just, yeah, people kind of. It's like we went up there for a little bit, and then we went back there. Yeah, it was really hot. okay. Well, from that's well, the inside was so hot that people were like, it was almost uh, like we all need to go up there to get mm, air. Gotcha. And so I went up there, and I managed to get like a good spot to lay down, and I fell asleep. In and, oh no! And I didn't cover my arm that well, and I woke up, and it was sunburned, and I was like, oh crap, I'm. Probably have skin cancer. Honestly, that's what I was like. I felt my arm and I was like, oh my God. Not only is my arm in pain from the tattoo, but I the rest of my arm is very sunburned. Very like I was actually very scared. I was like, oh man, I I fucked up. I'm you put some coconut oil on it. I I put a lot of <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that it fixes everything, right? Uh, I mean, I I may have suffered permanent skin damage. Who knows? Worth well, it. Only time will tell. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Gilly Tea was sweet. Did it for the Bali. Jordan got but, really sick in Gilly Tea. Oh, oh, dude, it was so brutal. I think yeah. I just got like... Uh, Did you drink the water? No. no I think I, I just got like dehydrated. overheated and dehydrated. Dude, I got pretty bad diarrhea when I was Gilly Tea. But yeah. I didn't drink the water either. I think it was just like a combination of just yeah traveling. It was like, yeah. Dude, it felt like I had like taken a bunch of psychedelics, and I was like, "But you did, right?" No, no. Oh, no. But that's the thing. It's like I felt like that, like nausea, like I feel garbage. But mm-hmm. like, and I was like, kind of almost hallucinating, but like didn't take any psychedelics. Like none of them were slipped to me or anything. It wasn't that kind, but it was like. I got so sick and my body was just like revolting and for like mm-hmm. three uh, days, like oof. couldn't eat anything, just like sweating, felt like shit. And yeah. I'm in like on paradise. Gil- on Gilly tea? Yeah. yeah oh, I had to take him to the room and just kept having to put cold compresses oh, on him because he was so just sad. like, yeah. yeah, he was in so much pain. It was yeah, crazy. So I didn't really get to experience Gilly we'll tea We'll go back. Much, I do want to go back and honestly, do Gilly Island again. I stayed in Gilly tea way too long. I stayed there for five days. That is <laughs> a long time. You don't, too long. I thought maybe like the island had more to offer besides just like partying and no. and like <laughs> scuba diving and stuff which I didn't get to do so I was literally yeah. I'd wake up and hang I, I stayed at a really cool hostel where they uh they like had live music all the time and nice. I like had made friends there but it was you, I didn't you DJ or no, you were going to oh dude no I <laughs> no there was this really really cool I don't remember what it was called it was, oh I remember yeah Keep it was going. like a it was like a two-story like you could go up these stairs and look down at the stage and it was like a club type thing where they had live music. And I approached, I like remember the first night I was there partying, I, they were playing like a, there's like a cover band doing Taylor Swift songs. <laughs> there's like 10 people dancing and this club could hold like a few hundred. Mm-hmm. I was like, what, what is, why is this happening here? And I went up and uh, I found the like owner, I like went up to a bartender the next day and I was like, is there an owner around here? Can I like talk to them? And I just like asked and he's like, oh yeah, that's me. And I'm like, 
so I like DJ and I have my thumb drive here. Like, I'd be super down to play if you have, and I saw he had CDJs. It's like, if do you need music any at any point? I'd, I'm like here from Seattle. You know, I, I have my thumb drive right in front of me. He's like, yeah, man, come by tonight. Test it out. Like, yeah, totally. We like, we do this every night. So yeah, <laughs> it's just that cover band was just local Balinese people singing on a guitar. Yep. So I show up that night or like at, after dinner and I plug in my thumb drive and it was the formatting was wrong or like it said like unable to read all of it and i was like man this sucks like yeah i can't go scuba diving i can't even <laughs> I dj can't here DJ. this would have been so much fun now i'm just gonna go drink <laughs> fucking bali did you go to any of the other islands no i th- i was not thinking we went to gili air air because yeah. gili Mano is like the really small one but we went to gili air that was and beautiful i also felt like hot garbage and it was mm-hmm. brutal but uh that place was awesome because it was much smaller you could literally ride your bike around the whole island yeah yeah just had like edge area and it was the same thing where everyone every small little hotel has a couple Balinese dudes just trying to get people to come to you. Yeah, like, totally. Come on, come on, come on, hang yeah. out. Come like party playing with us. music. Yeah. Like, I had a I had mushrooms. Yeah. Mushrooms. You want mushrooms? <laughs> I uh, I had my like vibrant mustache at the time too. Oh, so yeah. a- everyone was like, "Ah, oh, mustache man. <laughs> hey, you come here. You American? Oh, cool. <laughs> you smoke weed? You smoke, smoke weed? Yeah, you smoke weed. <laughs> like, oh, no, nah, I'm good. Jordan had long <laughs> hair at the time. Yeah. So um, he got a lot of cat calls from the locals. They were all like, oh, what was it? It was like, long hair, long life. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's more. Long hair. And he'd go, yeah, yeah, haha, long hair. And he goes, long hair, long, long life. Uh, he goes, long banana, happy wife. Uh, yeah, <laughs> long banana, happy wife. And the first one, we were like, that dude's funny. And then many, many other men said it to him. So I think it's just like a Balinese Long phrase hair, for long life. Long, long, long hair. Long life. Long life. Long banana, banana happy, happy wife. Yeah. That is They're pretty funny. Brilliant. Their whole goal you is know, like, I think I might try and sample that and put it into a song. Oh, dude. dude. I'll sing it for you. You know, Dada Life should do that. Yeah. That is a Dada Life that song is, right there. That is a Dada Life. So I'm going to just that... <laughs> yeah. Long hair, long. <laughs> we have a we have a Balinese friend uh, that could do it for you, Among. Oh yeah, yeah. He would. He could. We could have him record it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> for the sample. So, have you DJed in any other countries? Mm. Just U.S. We're still U.S. Right? No, I'm not that cool. Yeah, yeah I'm not international yet. Where would you want to? I DJ? haven't even played outside of Washington. You haven't? No. Have you? Um. You guys are no. local boys. Yeah. I don't really. I'm piss poor at marketing myself. <laughs> like we are, the, we are very similar us too. I like to just, yeah. I, I get like social anxiety a lot, and mm-hmm. it's like, man, I'm just gonna like make dope music in my room and pet, do pet my cat. And if people dig my music and want to book me to play, I'll play for sure. Do you like the DJing part or do you more preference to producing? Yeah, no, I totally do. Mm-hmm. I just am like so jaded to clubs. Yeah. I really like, I don't know if, you know, I love playing for sure. But a lot of, I mean, you know, you know me, like I, a lot of the music that I play or I want to play, like the music in my soul, like it's just not really a club. It's band, not a, it's yeah. not really, it doesn't vibe well here. And I, as much as, I get to people like, oh, well, if you just like play it and maybe people will like it. It's like, but that's not how it really works. You know, we got to play people. People in Seattle just want to turn up all the time. People in Seattle definitely want to turn up. I think we got to figure out something. I don't know if it's like a 
day parties during the summer or something. Not really, I guess. I feel like you and me and a couple other people, like my buddy Gene, have enough of that just like weird stuff that like it'll progress in the right way. It'd be kind of fun to like try to throw our own show. Just like get a small venue like the underground, talk to Mark or something and be like, yo, we want to throw like a single night. We try to get some weird out there headliner Mm. that like, sure, maybe not that many people show up, but it'll be enough to like try something new in the area. Yeah. Um, I I agree with you. I, yeah, the, a lot of the music that I am super into is very slow. And I, that's the kind of stuff that it's just, it's, I feel it's, like Gene's so much, like that too. For sure. Yeah. So Gene just went to Paris and just yeah. spent a week in Paris. And there was some big show. Gene who? Uh, one of my really good friends, oh. Eugene. I don't um, think you might. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you've met him. Probably not. Uh, he doesn't really like go out or anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I'm trying to think who else was on it. But I know it was like Oceanus or however you say that. And like Vivek Anand and like. Do you not recognize those names? Wait, say say the first the, one. Uh, it's like Ocean. Ocean Us, but there's like a V or something on uh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, know, I know who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, and it was like Vivek Anand and like a couple other like big names in like the style of music you like. Oh, and yeah. And they pa- flew dude. to Paris just to see them. And he was sending me tons of these snaps. And they're like in this courtyard in the middle of the day with no. like a bunch of people playing live I instruments. Know exactly, like, I know exactly what you're talking about, what's, too. What's that show where they Circle. like... Yes. Yeah. So... Uh, like a lot of artists that I'm super into are Moroccan or like from or that are in Paris. Like I, I actually have my first EP uh, is signed to a label that's in Paris. Nice. And I, I I'm talking with like the I'm pr- I'm like kind of being friend like becoming better friends with like a lot of these French guys that are trying yeah. to build that scene over there too. And that they're actually like yeah. So I under I, that style of music is exactly what I want to play, and I'm hoping. I'm hoping it slowly comes back over here. Well, it sounds so, like you need to move over there. <laughs> I'm planning on it. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. you could just play whatever you want over there. I'm my goal, I think I mean I don't know what I'm doing. No one I mean <laughs> yeah. re- truly I am a lost boy here. But my goal is I think once my cat you know she's getting old, the day that I don't have to like take care of her anymore is when I will most likely quit my job and and go to try going to Europe for a year. I can like I can live with my grandma. I have family over in Belgium. Okay. So I, I have like a, a mini home base. I try and spend some time with my grandma. She's you know, she's old and very like I get a lot of my artistic genes from her, I think, and nice. her and my mom cuz my mom danced ballet. Her passion was ballet. She was a professional ballerina. She she accomplished her dreams. And I'm like so into that. Yeah. My grandma is an oil painter who made a living doing that. Wow. Which is incredible to me. Yeah. So I have like, and I, I paint on the side too. And I've, I've like, she paints, she'll, she'll like paint me something. And then she's waiting for me to finish the painting I started for her. And I just like so much to do, you know, but I would want to, I don't know, spend a year in Belgium painting with my grandma. I'm working on music and like kind of navigating my way to Germany and Berlin and maybe Paris. Try and like try so try that. that's kind of a similar path we're on so yeah. part of why we're trying to go over there is her mom and her dad were both born in italy mm-hmm. so we're gonna go to italy and try to get her her italian citizenship hey, yeah you, t- and you told if, me this yeah and so if i go and live there for a year then i can get my italian citizenship most likely mm-hmm. and then we can travel around the european union and then we can go like adventure around so yeah we're kind of on a similar work. path but um before that even happens i kind of wanted to touch on like the cyclical aspect of music and like uh-huh. the 
it's a cycle, but then there's always these like overarching pieces that like pop out and it becomes a new kind of circle in and of itself that like snowballs and builds uh, momentum. Uh-huh. And that'll make more con, it, uh, it'll uh, make more sense in context. Right. But um, like, think about you said everyone in Seattle just loves to get turned. Like, right. very true. But people love to listen to Desert Hearts now. Yeah, mm-hmm. no. Think about that Desert Hearts group. Like, that music is way too slow and way too chill for 90% of people that want to go out and quote unquote party but they've created this cult following yeah and so the difference is like people are starting to like electronic music but don't want to go as hard and crazy but they still want that like continuous baseline i mean i'm not denying that there's not that style of music here i mean just recently uh i got connected with what's his name michael something uh he 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 brought juma sound system which I don't know if you've heard of this guy. Yeah. But I like saw it. It was called Good Life. That that uh, That's a kind of a newer uh-huh. night show, whatever. It was a Thursday night at like Night Jar. And I saw the name Juma Sensum and I said, what? What? Like, this is an artist that I'm into that I would never in a million years think would pop up in Seattle. Yep. So then I, and then, and then he brought another artist recently last week, but I think it, I mean, I think these last two nights didn't do very well. It was Chameleon, who's another artist that's like, I'm super into very slow, like 116 BPM, just kind of mm. like real groovy, but just trippy yeah. sounding. And so I thought for a second, I was like, oh man, maybe it's happening. Maybe like this kind of music is growing here, but then... It's just the beginning. So it's always going to take those times where things don't do super well. Yeah. And then next thing you know, like it picks up speed. And so what I'm saying is like, be patient and like keep making the music you're making because then your music is going to get heard here and then someone's going to be like, oh, you should come open for this show. And like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm wondering if like maybe because it always needs somebody to throw the event and I feel like, I mean, should I, I've always thought like maybe I should like try and throw an event because, but it's hard and it's hard and I feel like the good promoters, whatever, they have to take a few few L's first always they, but so my thought would be more reach out to that person who threw those shows well, that's what I tried mean, to become a promoter for them so I did no I joined his little okay. promo team and I, I linked up with him I was like I sent him my mixes I'm like yo Why haven't you promoted me I am stuff trying to like <laughs> I'm trying to help this night out but I think it I think it already like went I think it's uh, done okay I think, I think there it had its two show run or three show run and then it's yeah you never know because like i said i have a couple friends who are super into it i would mm-hmm. love to go see stuff like that because then you don't feel like you're going out to a nightclub and like yeah yeah well i mean it's kind of like in my thought if we can make it like the underground vibes and i'm not trying to like copy anything off that but no. the idea would be the small intimate venue mm-hmm. low cover price you're booking artists that like other than their travel ticket from europe like hopefully you can get them on tour or something in some way and mm-hmm try to find cheap ways around it and get some people here. Yeah. I just, I think we need, I think nobody knows of this music. And as much as I want to post on Facebook, like, yo, this mix is so good. Everyone <laughs> listen to it. Like I'm, my mind is melting right now. And why is no one even engaging with this post? Yep. I think people just need to, I don't think people care enough to like listen sometimes or, or, or try and when people share music on social media, I, f- I find it, I, at least when I post stuff, I don't get any engagement. No. Like no one, obviously I'm trying to share this. I, that there has needs nothing to, be, to do with their interest. It no, has no, no. more to do with the exposure. They're right. just not seeing it. Yeah, yeah. It gets so I filtered think, the fuck away. And See the Desert Hearts though, I mean, didn't, they started at like what, Burning Man? So I mean, they, they've been, they started 
at a place with a lot of people there. So that I think in order, that's why I think they're so successful is definitely the word of mouth through Burning Man and all that. that that's my guess. I don't yeah. actually know. But so like that's why those desert heart shows are just popping right now. Because understood, everyone... and it's easy to kind of look at like what made something successful and say, mm-hmm. well, I need to do that same thing. But yeah. you just kind of got to find your own mm-hmm. way around it. True. Kind of the the key would be to find enough individuals outside of social media via yeah. going out and meeting people. Who knows? Like we talked about starting a podcast where you like play music yeah. for people and you're like this it's is not- my style of music you get a few people to listen to your podcast they listen to this music they're like okay that's cool like just start to attempt to build that community around that style of music mm-hmm. i love that style of music like the problem is i don't listen to it enough because i have to spend so much of my time downloading music for other dj gigs yeah that i can't just like listen to a bunch of that totally but i love it so it's like how do we bring more people to it mm-hmm. i think we can make it happen I noticed, but surely. I noticed that, so I was like introduced to, I never used to really care about DJ mixes at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I always was, I'd listen to Above and Beyond Group Therapy and be like, mm-hmm. oh, this is my mix. I listen every Friday, whatever. And then uh, I like dated this girl for a brief time and she introduced me to all this like s- mixes that like told a story, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's what I've been like, it like read energized me on music mm-hmm. i used to be just like oh i want to be a uh, above and beyond protege that's like <laughs> my goal and now like i don't I, like so i was introduced to this whole new realm of using using sounds and stuff mm-hmm. like yeah we'll make a dj mix but there's like a story behind it or there's some this mix there's like a there's emotion in it i don't know yeah. i can't explain it and a lot of it was slower tempo stuff and that's what i i got obsessed with it i mm-hmm. each time uh, I'd listen to a new mix or I'd, I'd find an artist. I'd be like, oh my God, this mix is unreal. And I, and then I, I was like, I want to make my own. And so I actually like, I would get sent music from her when we dated for a brief time. And I, being a romantic I, or whatever, I would like make mixes for her, like mixtapes. Yeah. And then when it, it ended up not working out, I was like, you know, I want to just like post these. So that's what started my like lost mix series, yeah. you know? Because oh. at the time I was kind of, I couldn't think of a name and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I am doing. What am I doing with like my life, my work, <laughs> music? Like I, cause I was lost. I was like, I used to want to do trans music. Now I don't even know what I want to do, you know? And so I, that's where the title came from. And so those were actually like mixtapes that I made for a girl. And now they're, and then they, they kind of got popular. I mean, they're, they're doing better than I thought they would. Yeah. And each one is like a story that I, I like them. I play them in yoga classes right? all the time. Yeah. They're, I think they're dope. Yeah. I'm because I, I mean I, at the uh, I'm always like I don't know. It's getting a little harder to think of new ideas now, but each one has like a story. And so, but what I'm getting at with that is each one of my mixes have so many comments on it. People are people are very engaging on these all over the world, and that's how I'm like meeting these new artists mm-hmm. and people because all of them comment. Like I get artists that have seven thousand to ten thousand followers on SoundCloud commenting on my mixes, and I have like. 800 followers like mm-hmm. why are you talking to me are you like <laughs> and the, they like will comment throughout my whole mix like wow this is a really good part right here what is this song and that whole it's like a almost like a community that's like very that everyone is caring of like hearing things in this in my mixes or other people's mixes and like commenting and it's like i've never i don't know it's a it's a cool it's 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 growing this kind of style yeah. is like kind of dumb. so that's why i use the example of like cyclical like everything comes in these like circles and then mm-hmm. things snowball and get bigger and bigger and 
part of it is an evolution. And we have a bunch of people who have been listening to, let's say, dubstep to big room house to trance to trance 2.0 to future bass to yeah. tech house like they just get on this evolution and people the the styles kind of grow and change and then people start to get like all right i've heard everything mm-hmm. like i want something new i want something different and then people get to an age where they're like all right i'm in my late 20s early 30s i've done the club thing for like 10 years i'm good on that i don't need to go full tilt every single weekend so now i want some stuff that's like still got that same style to it but i can chill a little bit more i can hang out with friends while i listen to this like people are looking for that and so it's slowly starting to grow and so like my expectation my analysis on it is that that music is one of the next big things so like yeah stay on that path with those things and like um, keep yeah. building that community and like maybe maybe throwing shows isn't your thing because like you said you got to be willing to take some l's before you can yeah. take a w yeah, yeah um and if that's not in you that's fine but like keep producing keep talking to those totally. people uh and another thing that so this is another thing i'm going to try and do that i've noticed really gets me like excited is i'll find artists like uh, detmolt for example is like i sent you yeah. he has like mixes on his soundcloud and there's no track list and there's no he doesn't i mean he releases music but he doesn't nobody knows what is they're listening to so i'm like he has like one of his mixes that's posted on top of his soundcloud i've listened to maybe like 300 times no joke i listened to it on the ride over here because i'm obsessed with it and i want every song that's in that mix but i can't have it and kind of like you know i just sent him a message oh yeah we've talked on soundcloud he knows who I am. He actually shared one of my lost mixes on his. Oh, nice. Because nice. I put one of his songs in there. I was like, hey, man, I, I just like play all your songs all the time that Sweet. I have. Can I please have more? You know, <laughs> but uh, so that's what I, I think I'm going to do that. So I actually had an idea that came to me like a few like a month ago where I wanted to I have all this all these music projects that are like close to being done, but they're not perfect yet, you know, and I'm going to just release all of it into a mix. And I'm going to design the art myself and I'm going to like, it's going to be like my own little mixtape, whatever, but it's going to be just all my own music. But I'm not going to release any of the songs. Yeah. I'm when excited. you mix it, are you using CDJs uh, or are you doing it through Ableton well, or something? Stuff like this one will probably yeah. be in Ableton. Cool. Because I've never done with that. So I'd, I'd be interested in like coming by and seeing the process of how you like bring songs together. Yeah. Yeah. It's always interesting when I'm listening to a mix to be like, I try to differentiate like, oh, is that person mixing or is this an Ableton? And you can tell if it's like straight perfect, more than likely it's an Ableton yeah. or something else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I would mix it in CDJs if I had them. And I, I always will like bug like Christian Jackson. Hey, man, can I borrow your CDJs, <laughs> please? But uh, honestly, you can. I mean, I'd say like half of the lost mixes I make are in Ableton, but I don't. It's not like some people be like, oh, that's cheating. You're not DJ. No, but it's like no, I literally I do every single thing that I would do with CDJs. I, I know how to do it in Ableton. Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's like, oh, I'm going to. I'm not that way at all. People yeah. are fucking purists and everyone gets so into their shit and they just need to calm the fuck down because you're trying to share a story and you're yeah. trying to share your art. Whatever medium you're sharing your art on, like, no, it doesn't matter. Who gives a shit. Yeah, whatever. It's like, that's like saying that you can't produce music, that you can only produce music doing everything live since with every single thing you've preset yourself like no. yeah and what if i make a mistake on the cjs and the whole mix is toast <laughs> like i want it to i don't want it to i don't want it like yeah whatever anyway but uh where was i going with that oh yeah so i just really think uh i think hopefully the trend will be people 
be into more mixes, I guess. I don't know. I don't listen. I don't listen to single tracks that much anymore. Oh, really? I just throw on yeah. a DJ mix and I just am into it more. Yeah, I've been the same way for years. But I guess in that same regard, people want live music. Mm-hmm. People want to go see it live, and it's super hard to share a mix. And that's why Facebook filters out every single SoundCloud mix. Like that's one of my issues is that I already had a SoundCloud account because of all the mixes. Like we did start a ripple once a month for almost three years. I remember that. Yeah. Those are good times. Mm -hmm. But then, um, so I kept my account on SoundCloud because SoundCloud was like about to die and then it didn't die. So I was like, fuck it. I'll just spend money on it and like renew that. So I have that content. And then I was like, oh, I'll post this podcast on SoundCloud. But whenever we post our SoundCloud, like zero hits Mm -hmm. ever. Because I think Facebook has pretty much been like, yo, Facebook, like this site got totally used as either a music sharing site or a like event sharing site. And they're like, we want to slow that down and really try to like push all other features of it. Cause it was like almost like too much promoting of yourself on Facebook. Yeah. And so I think that's why they really like used all those algorithms. Cause they want you to pay them. No, I know. <laughs> so if it seems even quite at all possible that you're promoting something that is going to be for your business or that mm-hmm. you're going to make money off it they want a piece of that so they're they're, they're going to filter anything that they would rather have you do a promoted post for so like slap 500 bucks at it then plenty of people will see it but i mean it's advertising marketing i, I get it yeah, yeah i get it too mm-hmm. it makes sense but that's where like that's why i say is it's less about sharing the mixes and um, same thing with this podcast. One of the things we told ourselves when this started is like, this has to be continued because we love it. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. give a shit if this episode gets three listens, 300 or 3000. Like, cool, if it gets 3000, that'd be dope. Yeah. But like, I really don't care because I'm doing this so that I can have a conversation with you and I can hang out and we can record it. Maybe some people can resonate with us. Like we've had a couple cool interactions with people that have had cool moments regarding listening to it or like mm-hmm. finding a new person through it. And so the same thing has to be with those mixes. And it's tough when you're like basing on like, oh shit, like I only got a hundred listens on this mix. But then at the end of the day, you're like, who gives a fuck if I got no, like yeah. that extra heart on it? It's like the same with social media. And we've been kind of like trained to say like, oh, I got this. Oh, I got another like. And and it, it literally does release that dopamine. So you oh, feel yeah. good and you want it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like those mixes have to be your artistic representation of you that hopefully someday will get you gigs, yeah. which can then get you out to shows. You're playing gigs before that big that artist that you love. Yeah. And then people in your community see you and come to you. I mean, I posted a, a lost mix on Monday. Oh, uh, I they, didn't even see it. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I, and I, every time I post them, I am like terrified. I'm like, oh my god, no one's gonna see it. Yeah. Oh I my didn't god, see it's it. gonna get no listens. It's gonna look so bad. I'm gonna hate myself. So but who cares? I, I know that feeling. You gotta give it well, up. Well, I mean, it's okay to care because when you're making content, and especially if you want to create when, if you're a music, a if you want to create a music shift in oh, yeah. the area, you want people to hear it in order for that shift to start to occur. So I, I get it. It's less that they're not electing to listen to it, and more that it's hard to get yeah. the exposure and i think that's what we experience a lot too yeah no. um i i know all that i know that feel all too well yeah but maybe that's where you have to pull yourself out of your little cave and just put yourself out there i mean i think there's all sorts of cool events in the yoga community that could use your style of music and please take um, all of it if you no, but like uh, but you should come and dj stuff and you should oh i mean we know so many yoga teachers and studios who are doing different live dj type things oh, and they yeah. need give them my 
they I don't have a card, but give them my name. <laughs> just say, hey. Or, yeah. uh, honestly, I'd yeah. be super down. To, if I could, I wouldn't even, I mean, like, yeah, I'd be getting paid, whatever. I'd honestly, this is the kind of music I would DJ for free, honestly. I love it so much. I think one time I told Mark uh, at, for, like, one of the gigs at under, Underground, I was like, dude, I will pay you. Just let me play, please. <laughs> I, like, well, really need to pay. a lot of the times <laughs> the yoga stuff, they, they pay better than the clubs do anyway. Yeah. Um, it depends on the setting, but like that, my two cents on that is like that I've known since the beginning that has always been a difficult part for me is that I think your way to get more gigs is less about how much you network and meet people in Seattle and more of can you produce music. Mm-hmm. And if you continue to put music out and you continue to put stuff out that gets heard by different people mm-hmm. around the world in different ways, like it's I just, just a matter of time. I just, I, just, I know it is. Yeah. And Gotta I think it's, patient. it's so much more rewarding. Like I've never had it happen, but I can totally imagine if it were to happen, if someone from another country yeah. asked me to come play a gig because they'd heard my not only my own songs, but my mixes with those songs in them, then there I would be so much more stoked on that gig than to go out to Seattle and mm-hmm. play another gig when you've been doing that for three, four, five years. So the the label that signed my or the the two guys that own the label that signed my EP that's coming out eventually in the next few months, I think. <laughs> okay. uh, they are, they're. I think they're going to be playing in LA at some point in the summer, perhaps. I, it was like kind of up in the air, but they were like, "If we fly down to LA, you should come too, and you can like play as part as like as part of like a what do you call it? Um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for. Direct support. Well, like part it, of the a, a, label, a, a, sh- a showcase, like yeah, okay. for this mm-hmm. label, like gotcha. since you're going to be signed to it, or whatever. And I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would like to do that. Like, I'll fly to LA. I don't care. Like, I want to. I like those the best, dude. Like, I'm all about supporting your local artists and having you know your local openers that play. Mm-hmm. Like, we were that for a long time. Yeah. But at the same time, I do love it when you have an artist that comes through that brings one or two support artists because you know that artist knows how to open up for that person. They've yeah. gone on tour with them. They Their music fits that style. The headlining artist is like, I like you. Your style would fit well before me. This will play well into itself. Versus like this confusing mix of opening DJs playing into other ones who have a specific style they want to play. And Yeah. With someone else just saying, go hard. Yeah. Well. <laughs> play bangers I just, all I don't, night. I don't really I won't touch on that too yeah. much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just like don't get the, the whole going hard raging scene anymore like yeah. i try I, just, I, I used to i mean we all you used evolved to, yeah i just wish people would evolve we faster. walked into a <laughs> we club. need some moonstones we need to yeah, drop we, i mean they call them moon rocks for a reason but yeah. apparently enough people i think it was you <laughs> and i walked into a club in seattle recently ish with connor i think and we walked in and it was literally the 10 a.m dj was playing and we were like 10 p.m. Or sorry, 10 p.m. <laughs> it felt 10 like 10 a.m. The 10 p.m. DJ. And it was like, what did we just walk into? It was so, it was so much. I would just sit there with my mouth open. Like, I, I mean, I was, I the, really want to leave. I think the last <laughs> set I played at Foundation, I was playing, what was I playing? I think I was playing like Mord Fustang or like something that was already pretty heavy, in my opinion. I was the 10 o'clock. And then I don't remember who came up and was like, Yep. Turn it up. Turn it up. Like, yeah. More. Motioning like, hey, go a little heavier. I'm like, 
heavier, man. I think I have like four songs yeah. on my thumb drive, and they were like all Dada Life. So I played like two Dada Life songs in a row, and I, and I just like had a, a moment on the stage. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, yeah, I'm not even like what enjoying this song. And if you're not enjoying it, like, why are you doing that? And and I I feel you because there was this this attachment because you've had those good times playing the music you loved on a stage, opening up for a DJ you loved. And so you want to keep doing that. And then now you're like, I'm opening up for a DJ I don't give a shit about. Now they're asking me to play music that's way heavier than I feel like playing that I don't think fits this style. But I mean, the the 21-year-old me would have loved that opening set. Right? It's that's like, man, I wish we could have uh, just like swapped time periods that's for what's this. so hard as I look back at like those times I used to play at like volume. And then I always wanted to bang out that like that at foundation. But I had oh, to play yeah. like chill oh, yeah, from my 10 to 11, my 9 to 10. And now I'm like, dude, those sets right now, Foundation would love those sets. But I'm like, it's just wrong time. It's all right, though. It's like that girl. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah. It's like that girl. Wrong place, wrong timing. Mm, girls. <laughs> yeah. Girls. Do, yeah. Can, can we go down the relationship rabbit hole? Or do you guys uh, want to keep on music? I'm fine could, with whatever. We could switch it up. I don't care. <laughs> we can switch up to whatever. Relationships, though. That's, I'm really bad. At, I'm not good at them, and I don't have much experience. So yeah. you might not get a lot from me. I'm not good at them, but I have a lot of experience. So <laughs> I don't know if that's helpful at all. <laughs> I'm just super awkward and nice. And I guess those things just... Yeah. I've been told I'm too nice. Just, yeah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think that's a bad thing. I also no. think that, um, I don't know, I could be wrong. I think there's like the DJs who get a lot of chicks and then the DJs who are uh, more of the creative, introverted types that are like actually probably the more talented ones, but they're not really getting the chicks because they're like in, they're kind of in their bubble, mm-hmm. kind of like doing their, doing their thing and just got to keep doing you. I'm just like a child. I'm <laughs> I'm oblivious to things and I just am like focusing on me and oh so. no, just pull that mic nice and close. That's uh, a good thing though. Right that doesn't it. sound like a child. That sounds like you're a grown up that you're focusing <laughs> on your stuff. That's yeah. A good thing. Yeah, you had uh you've had some some run ins. Uh, we were talking a little bit about relationships earlier. Do you have any like um things that you've kind of figured out in your in your to how old are you? I am 26 oh okay yeah a little bit younger than jordan i don't know why i thought you guys were the same age no i'm a young and over here i'm a young and you're like the same age as connor right connor's a little bit younger than you even i think uh i don't know how old connor is uh-huh. i'm older yeah i'd say me and him and phil i think we're all similar yeah. in age. no philip's younger i think he's two years younger than me yeah i don't know he might be anyway uh what was the question um, so you said, have I learned things? Yeah. What What have you What have you taken from your time on this planet as far as like relationships go? You said you're um, not very good at them, but how so? I I think I give too much of myself sometimes. I think I love to be in love, <laughs> and sometimes I need to guard myself a little better. That's what I've learned, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I've only been in love once. And that was yeah, I think when you fall in love the first time, you like kind of don't know how much to give. You say give all of it and if you uh uh yeah. Mm-hmm. Get very enthusiastic. And so I've definitely learned that about myself. I yeah. think um 
it, I think I need to rein that back a little bit next time. I don't know. Maybe just test the waters a little while yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if there's really a rule of thumb for that, though, because no. I, I definitely was a giver and and got burned a lot of times and then yeah. finally found the right situation and came into it pretty, like... Uh, guarded and had lots of barriers up and was like oh can't get hurt again oh don't want to love too much oh i love you like this much yeah. and then that doesn't really work either you kind of gotta just when you're ready you just gotta let it when it's the right one you'll know just to let your guard down and then you shouldn't have to worry about those mm-hmm. boundaries as much see i guess i thought that i think the last one the first time i fell in love this last relationship at least i thought i had found that i was like okay i vibe with this person on a lot of levels that i uh have never done before and i think now i now i have a better understanding of what i want and what i vibe with and but uh yeah i guess you just got to keep projecting that out there true i think i think uh i've been told i have more of a healing personality or like a that kind of vibe and i think i attract broken people <laughs> which whatever yeah makes sense but i think at least the last like few relationships whatever that i've that's like kind of been the case i nicknamed myself captain saveaho <laughs> that's pretty much my mo yeah was find someone who I mean, I didn't plan it. Like, shit just happened. But every time, it was, like, someone who had something pretty serious going on, and it would be an attempt at helping them. And then either when I realized it was impossible or they pushed me away enough, then I would back away, and then suddenly I was this horrible asshole, and I was the worst guy in the world because I led them (laughs) on. And I'm like, holy shit, I literally (laughs) only tried to help you. So, yeah, that's where Nella finally came into play. was like, this chick finally has her shit together. And, you know, whether or not she did or not was irrelevant because to me, it seemed like she did. Right. Um, And then you didn't have to come in and save the day. Yeah. Yeah. So it can be. And sometimes you don't think you're saving the day. And then like Mm -hmm. six months in, you're like, oh, shit. But yeah. So, I mean, that's really one of it is just kind of being being open to learn from those situations and then not necessarily thinking you can fix someone or save someone the same way they always say like women are like oh i'm gonna fix that guy and yeah this in a relationship you can't expect to fix anyone or save anyone and it's hard because when you have a big heart and you want to heal people your whole thing is like how do i make this person feel better but they have to be wanting to feel better mm-hmm. you know, it's the same with like therapy or whatnot yeah you just be like come to therapy it'll save you like that person has to want therapy and has to be willing to open up and talk do you know do you have like prereqs for for this next girl that's coming <laughs> along the line like do, does um, she have to be into music or no i mean are any of those things that because because I, I can keep my eyes open for potentials i mean music would be a cool thing but at this point i i had a great time introducing a lot of the people i dated to the music that mm-hmm. i liked i you know i don't expect there's only one person I dated that liked weird, weirder music than I did, and that's the one who like helped me. It showed me all that weird stuff, you know. Nice. And so, I took from that. I was like, I'm very thankful for that. Mm-hmm. But I, uh, I music's not important. Like, you have to kind of like something artistic. I think something like if you are just into working and making money and having 
objects. Yeah, no, thank <laughs> you. Know? You like that, yeah. that's cool. Good for you. But I, I'm an artistic dude. I love to paint. I love to make music. I love to, I love comedy. I love anything expressive. And it, you need to be into something like that. Yeah, I think for me to vibe with you. Um, I think that's a really smart prerequisite because innately everyone actually has all of those things. It's just whether yeah. or not it's gotten smothered by uh, societal status quo, right? Because we're all yeah. kids. We're all born with this creativity and this imagination and wanting to play and color and dance. And and then it gets smothered over the years. Yeah. So finding somebody who it's either still alive in them or they've uncovered it again in their adulthood. Like, I think that's because I've just rediscovered mine, I would say, in the mm-hmm. last few years. It was definitely something that got pushed away because I got married young and had kids young and I had to go into the uh, perfect wife and mommy mode and, yeah. and fix everybody and everything. And so that part of me definitely disappeared for a while. But I, I think it's totally alive in everyone. It's just whether or not they're connected to it. So yeah, I just... think, I think, I mean, I look at all my friends and I'm pretty picky when it comes to friends, you know, mm-hmm. and everyone I know is so artistic in their own way. And I love it. It's, I think that's what, how I vibe or how I, connect with all my friends i i can we can go through my entire facebook list for the most part and i could be like oh yeah this this person is an amazing guitarist or this person dance is a great dance or whatever every single one of them at least my close friends have are so passionate about something artistic which Mm -hmm. i need that in a relationship and a friendship you know i i know some people that are just like i'm gonna go to my nine to five and i'm gonna make my 80k or whatever and i'm gonna oh my 401k i'm gonna go i'm just gonna spend the the rest of my free time golfing and drinking and that's i just like that is fine there's nothing wrong with it some people are like that but i mean i don't know i just can't you gotta look for the weirdos i'm into the weirdos (laughs) we love the weirdos Weirdos are the people like what what are you doing on this planet what uh-huh. What is your goal here? Are you make money, and join it, and make money, in... retire, play golf, and die. Cool. Yeah. Like that's to yeah. some people that's a perfect life. That's what they've been raised to believe is necessary to find happiness yeah. or success, and they think success is purely attached to happiness. Yeah, but obviously, some of us, our artistic side comes out strong enough that it's like, no, 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 mm-hmm. run away yeah. from that. When I started with private clients like 12 years ago, it was I was like a couple years into it and um, one of my clients is a competitive ballroom dancer and she would like make her own clothes and costumes for all the dancing and I was just in awe. I was like, you're amazing. I wish I was creative. And she's like, well, you're creative. And it had gotten stamped out of me so I didn't identify with that anymore. I was like, no, 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 I'm not creative. I used to draw when I was younger and I would paint and um, you know, I had all this creative stuff when I was in high school and then it, and then it went away and she was like no no like I've seen you move I've seen you do yoga I've seen the way you move and that's creative like I can see mm-hmm. this like thing happening when you're moving she's like you just have to own what your creativity is and I, I think a lot of people when they hear the word creative they go straight to like um for some reason like singing or you know playing music or drawing or painting those are like the key Mm -hmm. ones but really creativity at this point with technology with movement i mean it could be so many different aspects yeah and it's just like 
the opening yourself up to what do you have what would you say is your creative outlet jordan all the things yeah jordan's <laughs> you're so, he doesn't you're so creative see that's the thing is like i feel like my creativity was kind of stamped out at a young age and so but it was always kind of like bubbling up but like i'm not particularly good at drawing i can't paint i can't like i don't know i, I don't have anything down like that like I can't fucking produce. <laughs> I've spent you a can, lot of you time. can produce. But like, I agree. But that's that is that is a hard one though. I agree. So like I, yeah, definitely. Sometimes I look back and I'm like, man, maybe I should have just been a singer instead. <laughs> like the 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 or like picked up guitar. If I had just if I put the amount of hours that I've put in to sitting at my computer, like and just typing up on or clicking you know yeah. all these sounds if i had just done that with one instrument i'd probably be really good <laughs> i will say that but uh sorry interrupted you. no it's good I, like, you're a good producer <laughs> I've, I've, I've heard but, that, but that's the idea is that like it, it feels like there's so many things bubbling up in so many different formats that it's tough to say like i'm like this is my outlet i have a bunch of different outlets with like what i want to do and for me some of it is like having this podcast oh yeah this podcast is, is a super huge creative outlet for me djing is a huge creative outlet for me like um i would I say your yoga is quite creative i, I wasn't saying that because you kind of got into the movement mm, thing gotcha. on your end um but yeah i mean in some ways that form as well like teaching people in some form or another like some sort of um I don't know, like life coach. Like we just had Lauren Reska and yeah. the, the Millennial Whisper, and like <laughs> is a great nickname. For her. <laughs> so like, I'm not quite on that level, but that's also another like form of it for me. Like going to festivals, it would be this creative outlet for me because I could be that like, I don't know, for lack of a better word, like this guru to other people. And it was even funnier once I started when I went through yoga teacher training. Then like I go to these festival and people are like guru golf, and they're like following me around and shit. I'm like, dude. <laughs> I don't know anything more than you do. No, but there's times where I've seen you really help people, especially at festivals, and and you yeah. can kind of look over and see when somebody might need a little, um, little golf pep talk. I was. And you're really great. It's funny that. you said that because I was known as they. Some people call me Virgil <laughs> of the of the rave group <laughs> at concerts because I was just like this person that would lead them to wherever or help them or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm like. Man, I'm just like not. I'm just doing what I right? normally do, and it's the best. Uh, I love it. It was always my favorite thing was going to festivals and just having a crew of people. It'd be like twenty people, everyone with hands on each other's shoulders, walking through a crowd of a hundred thousand people at EDC. Everyone just following me, and I'm like, "Fuck yeah, let's go!" <laughs> and like, there's nothing like, there's no trying to it, mm -hmm. and that's the cool thing. Is like whenever you find something that allows you to just not have to work, because there's always work that's gonna have to be to succeed to like get ahead in something you want but then there's this like side thing the side thing that just like feels like that's what makes sense and for me that's one of those is just like talking with people or talking them out of rough situations or you know helping pep talk people in different ways and so that's where this podcast kind of came into play it's like how can i share that more i think you're great at inspiring ideas i mean yeah this podcast yeah. kind of inspired me I, I was like thinking i was like man i like what they're doing i want to like do something similar i've I mean, I had and I I've been wanting to start a blog or something. Mm -hmm. I'm building. I'm like, I mean, I code for a living. Yeah. I'm not very good at it, but I mean, it's because I don't put much time. But I'm my goal. One of my goals for 2018 was to build my own website using a specific framework that I'm using at my work, which is really nice. I like it, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna build my own website, and then I'm gonna maybe feature my music on it, or I'm gonna maybe do a blog or a podcast. I'm like, yeah. kind of figuring out 
how I'm going to do it. But yeah, yeah. I, this podcast definitely inspired me. I was like, okay, nice. I see what they're doing here. <laughs> I want to do something like it. Well, because you've got a task cam, right? Yeah, I do. Is it similar yeah. to this task cam or is it slightly different? Like, well, my question is, is do you have two XLR inputs on the bottom? Yes, I do. So, I mean, in that regard, like grab a mic, like... The one you're using is like a hundred bucks and I use it for DJ gigs. So mm-hmm. like, it's like a good one for being able to like a party speaker mic where uh-huh. we use it like our wedding and stuff. Yeah. Um, versus like hers is a, a nicer cardioid one, but that one's perfect. Like grab that plug XLR into this and just like have a task cam and you can mm-hmm. record it super yeah. easy. I mean, I know a lot of podcasts, like my thing is as a producer, I got so into like, all right, everything's got to be perfect. I've got this perfect studio room. I've got sound dead and walls. Like I'm going to get nice mics and have it all set up. And then I go and look at these like super popular podcasts that she has me listen to, like Anna Ferris. Apparently she sits, you know, Anna Ferris is. Yeah, yeah. Apparently she sits on her couch in her living room, and her and someone else just hold handheld mics. I don't know if she still does because now that's quite popular. But when I first started listening to it, it was literally at her dining room table, and you would hear like her kid in the background, and yeah, it was. Yeah, very I mean, you guys have the setup here. This is like, <laughs> I mean, your guys' studio is what I want. And I'm very jealous. Like it's, you have, I mean, I stored my, yeah. acu- my, my acoustic panels here for like a year. <laughs> That's right. I appreciate that, by the way. I'm yeah. glad that you I took can't those find out it. before the yeah. wine, the wine Yeah, those were in that back corner. They yeah. would have got covered in wine. That yeah. would have been atrocious. Oh, I'm wow. so glad yeah. you took those out. Yeah. The, the wine wasn't here back then. There okay. was no wine that was stored in this place back then. No, that's a whole new thing yeah, going it's all on brand new um but yeah i mean that's that's what's been awesome is that i have this beautiful space and my thing was like all right dave's living in a different state he's not here to sit and produce with me so i had spent a bunch of time sitting and producing and like just it wasn't quite clicking and i was like and then i got kind of like fed up with it like kind of annoyed with myself and then i wasn't spending time down here and then i was mad at myself like i have this beautiful space why am i not down here and i was like let's start a podcast like I listen to Joe Rogan podcast all the time. I we started that. listening to other podcasts. We're well, like, but I'll give you a little more on that. It, he had planned to start this podcast uh, for well synergy. over a year through Synergy. That was like one yeah. of his Synergy goals. Just oh, to throw yeah. it back yeah. to so, I guess we should have said that. that yeah. he's, a, he's a fellow Synergy fan. He's a fan. fellow Synergy fan. We love our Lauren. And uh, it was his goal for like well over a year, a year and a half. And I got kind of tired of the conversation honestly because it was like well i need this first or i need that first it was on the vision board and then finally i was just like so what if i do it with you and he's like i mean yeah that could work like how would we set it up and i said you know sometimes it's just you and a guest sometimes it's all of us and but what if you just have that support of like a partner that gets this going and then he was like, okay, I could tell there was part of him that didn't really want to do that. But another part that was like, all right, well, we're doing everything else together. So why not? <laughs> and then the way my personality is, is all right, well, then let's do it like now. And he was like, whoa, 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 wait. But we said, no, if I'm going to be part of it, then we're just going to do it now. And we'll mm-hmm. figure it out as we go. Because <laughs> I'm much more of a, a doer. And he's a lot more of like the, he's going to study everything to death and then maybe eventually do it. Yeah. And then when I get really stoned, I talk a lot. So our very first episode was just like, let's take a bong hit right before. <laughs> so we took a bong hit and then we did our first Talked episode about, about weed. For weed an hour. That was fun. We should revisit that concept. Who was the first one? Just us. Oh, it was just you two? Just the two of us. It was just us and we talked about weed. So that's where like a lot (laughs) of podcasts, people just start by just talking. Yeah. 
People yeah. will do a 10, 20 minute segment where they'll just sit and talk about something that interests them at the moment. And, and that just... one, we actually had a topic because that one, we like purposely wanted to talk about weed, our relationship with it. I wanted to hear how he first started smoking weed. And like, we talked a little bit about my kids now um, being high schoolers and trying it and, you know, and now it being legal and the whole parenting aspect now that it's yeah. legal um, when you're 21. So yeah, it was, it was fun. It was a good way to kick it off. So here's my tip. Bust out your task cam. Yeah. You literally already have it. Right. Just start talking into your task cam. Yeah. I'm talk, uh, talk. What if like, I can't think of things to talk about? <laughs> well, so, so I understand, but like, think about a few topics that you kind of like. <laughs> no, maybe no, go yeah. research a tiny bit about it. Like, maybe a certain artist that you like, or the style of music you like, or this festival in Paris that you would love to go to. You know, Ooh, just like okay. random. Like, it doesn't have to be anything you talk more than two minutes, but whatever. Start talking into your task cam. If you have enough content for you to just ramble for a little while, yeah, just throw then it post up. it. If you don't have enough content to ramble for a while, take that, re-listen to it, and just start typing up all the shit you said. Now it's a blog. Or wow. you just You're do the audio. Well, yeah. So I mean, that's just the point is that yeah. like, you know, you do mostly audio, but if something doesn't quite hit long enough, you stutter and you're like, oh no, I messed up my podcast recording. Just turn yeah. it into a blog. Yeah. Type a few cool things about it. Cut and paste what you think is good. And then you start to have content that you put into your website and you just build it from there. That's a good idea. Yeah. My next goal with this podcast is to use one of the type to text services and just have all of our podcasts mm -hmm. transcribed so that we can release them as a blog post to you for the people who aren't really listening to podcasts. Like there's some generation, like his dad's like, what am I going to do with listening to these people talk? Like, why do you guys talk and record it? He doesn't quite get it, but mm. um, some people still really like to read content. So just having, doing, doing it once, but then have being able to use it in a couple of different ways. My next goal for this podcast is just to get four <laughs> sure microphones that are all amazing and so have them have. set up so everything looks perfect and awesome and get all new uh, of these support stands that like swivel super well. But I mean, we're talking like three grand worth of equipment. So it's well, like my brain immediately what, goes so to like, what new shit people, do I want? So you can get four people talking. So I can talking. get four people. Yeah. So I can have like the cool microphones that everyone else has to like be able to move all this easier. But so the reason I say it is because it's so easy to get your brain caught up in all the what ifs. And this is super hypocritical for me to say because obviously it took me two years to start this podcast. <laughs> but the idea that I'm saying is like you have what you have. Yeah. You have more than enough to get started. Or if you want to have a guest on your podcast, like you, you mentioned you had a friend who's like a neurobiologist, like call them up, set it up on Skype. You literally just record it. You talk into your task cam and then they talk into some USB mic that they have plugged into their computer. Yeah, I'm... Um Definitely. And weirdly enough, since we started ours, we've been, uh, I've been on two other people's podcasts now and he's been on one other. And it's weird how once you start, you just start to meet this community of people. And this one lady found me on, um, Instagram, I think, and she lives in California and she interviews women who have, um, usually slightly traumatic, but in the end, inspirational stories. And so mm -hmm. she saw my video, um, through Cody and, we had a great talk, but it was via Skype and stuff. And that was weird, definitely, being in that role because I'm so used to being in this role now. Um, so having someone else interview me, per se, but it's yeah. pretty fun. You get – it's – the whole podcast thing has been, you know – for me, it's all kind of new to me. I didn't really start listening to podcasts until recently. And then, uh, then you guys started yours. And then I have – my close friends from high school have been doing their own little podcast where they basically – it's a really cool idea – uh, basically they invite people on their radio shows, like three of them, I think that are like the regulars and they, 
when you get when you go onto their podcast, you pick a movie that you really really like or something, or you're you know it in and out, and when yeah. you think it's a fantastic movie, and you like defend it, and they watch it, and they like. Re- rebut- rebuttal <laughs> like they, uh, they they tear it to shreds so it's like a on, movie it, debate it, it's yeah it's kind of like a, oh this movie's actually awful even though you think it's really good and, and it makes for a good <laughs> I that's what movie would you pick oh man that you know actually I've been thinking about this because I want to go on their little yeah. podcast eventually but I don't know because I obviously it's easy to pick a movie that's you know known for iconic. being iconic I mean like oh I'll pick the godfather okay okay mm-hmm. like but I, was, uh, I wanted to do like I don't know something like Mean Girls or like dude that's a fucking like, good movie no it is you watch that or, on your or, birthday or, or like I'm thinking of movies that I've watched over and over and over again he hadn't I, seen it and I oh man I, I made I him watch it. parts of it I'd on our birthday that's a good younger. movie I was thinking of doing Clueless I love that. I'm thinking movies that would be funny to talk about yeah. too. Yeah. Or uh, I was thinking, to really try to defend like the depth yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Well, I, I thought I thought because there is depth. I thought Clueless was great, but that's yeah. what I mean. To someone else, they may be like, "What?" Well, uh, and on the surface, they seem like chick flick movies. Yeah. But yeah. Both of those movies actually have a lot going. No, it on makes sense. Good, good yeah. discussion. I was thinking of like old, an, an old movie that I watched with my sister a lot was Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Oh, that's a fantastic oh, movie. Love it. I always Don't wanted that, that little knob. Yes, uh, it's like an old, old Disney movie, kind of oh, like a Mary Poppins so good. era. Interesting. Uh, if you twist the, if you turn the ball on the four poster bed, it becomes magical and it takes you on adventures. They would go to, mm. they'd go to, they went to cool. like a cartoon land at one point. So yes. they had like a, that was like a first time green screen, you know, with the animated. cartoons animated. Great there's like movie. under and they go under the sea, they go underwater. Oh, so good. Oh, because there's totally another movie that I remember where some kids like in their bed and they go into space and they're like flying around in the cloud. It's not into space. Are you it's sure like it's not sky. the same movie? Yeah. If I'm it's not, sure. they ripped off Red Knobs and Broomsticks because that's like No, it's definitely not that. That it was it was more I remember it was like a, a movie that was like a good movie, but it was like scary oh. as oh. a young kid. Like kind of, never mind. Anyway, this one wasn't that scary, but so that's anyway. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought too hard about yeah. what movie I want to choose, but uh, what movie would you choose? Uh, well, I mean, my first instinct is the iconic one, The Matrix. Just he's like, I think that one's already been done, he's obsessed and that's what I was gonna say is yeah. I bet like certain ones have already been done. That one's just big for me because it was like a super, I saw it when I was really young, but it was also super iconic for me, and then I saw every single one with my dad. Um, and then like studied it in college, like looked at like the in-depth oh, philosophy man. behind you went down the all rabbit of it. Hole, huh? Oh, dude, I went down the rabbit hole in college. I got a minor in philosophy because it was one of those like <laughs> it just intrigued me so much. The thought of all of that. So like I could really go deep into some like philosophical context of it. Totally. Um, interesting. Yeah. What movie would you choose? Oh, man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, my instinct probably goes to Groundhog Day. Okay. Because uh, yeah. I fucking love Bill Murray, and I think it's a great movie. That was a good one. Um, I was thinking of doing the second Ace Ventura too, because I just because uh, I've seen it so much, I have it memorized. So yeah. Because that's the thing you have to know the movie, so you'd have to go rewatch these movies to like probably. Yeah. I'm not good at yeah regurgitating yeah, I just, movie. I hate quotes, doing that too. <laughs> yeah, quotes are not my thing. But I can talk about the movie. And we've seen that movie like a lot of times. So I feel like I could go to bat for it pretty well. Yeah. I grew up watching Groundhog Day every single Groundhog's Day. Oh, yeah. Me so too. I've seen that movie like I don't know, probably like 14 times. I would say more, but I didn't watch it every year in college. And 
slacker since college like maybe for the first like 15 years of my life i watched it but well i think you should do a podcast can we be on your podcast absolutely you could be the first Fuck yeah. first the first interviewer years <laughs> and you said you wanted to be a little bit more music centric so does that yeah, mean we have I, to start preparing music no i mean no we i don't know i haven't i have, I have <laughs> yeah. not put that much thought into this podcast just yet is kind of a, a very early on i was thinking maybe like Something where I'll, I'll talk a little bit. I'll talk. I'll record myself going through a, an EP or something that I find that I'm like obsessed with, and talk about it. Like, oh, this is like this. This is about this is the artist who made it. He's from this. This is what I think sounds really good. Listen how he uses instruments here, and then mm-hmm. I play a little bit of it. And then when I bring you guys on, we could talk about like, oh, what are you guys feeling? Like, yeah. what is something that is that moves you to your yeah, core because there are some songs that literally give me chills yeah for i'm sure. like i'll be driving in my car and i'll listen to something and i'm just i literally just go like fuck oh my god like i uh-huh. need to pull over this is like i love that feeling. moving me right now uh-huh. i i don't know if people i mean i feel like i'm the only one sometimes that oh feels no that we've way. definitely okay. had some lane eight moments where we're like lane bay lane bay where we're like oh, on man. a road trip and we've like specifically saved like a three-hour mix for the road trip and everybody's been posting about it for two weeks we're mm-hmm. like no we can't listen to it until <laughs> we can be on the road trip and listen to it straight through probably with an edible and then yeah you get to this point and jordan's like what and he's like driving he's like slamming on the yeah steering wheel. i know like, that, what that the feeling fuck? man i was we yeah. were on our way to what the festival oh, listening yeah. to one of lane eight's mixes and i was on an edible and like <laughs> dude i don't even know I it was I can't even express you remember what happened the to double me. Double one that he put out. One was like two and a half hours, one was yeah. like three hours. It was that. It yeah, was yeah. that like big one. One and was like a club set and one was like something else. Yeah. Yeah. It was I don't even know. It was one of those moments where I like I like lost my breath. I like felt like I died and like restarted <laughs> over again in this song. I was just like, what the fuck? Like I don't even know what just happened to me. Like uh so yeah, I totally know you on that feeling of certain <laughs> yeah. tracks that just like click something. My, not to like bring it down, but my worry on a podcast sense would be like, you'd have to license that music in your own way. Oh, oh to play it or something? So, to like, yeah, to like share it as your oh. own medium. And because I, I don't, I don't know all the truth about that, yet. but I do know that like Joe Rogan will like get his YouTube videos taken down anytime he puts something out that's there. That's only because it's monetized. Content. As long as it's oh. early, as long as you're not monetizing. True. Okay. Which See, I'm sure, like that, I said, I'm just thinking. Yeah. I like these are brainstorming ideas. But yeah, this, I have not. It, it would also be cool more. to like reach out to those artists beforehand. Like, hey, I do this podcast where I like review someone's yeah. EP. And, and a lot, then, yeah, a lot of the artists that I'm like super into right now are not that terribly big either. Like, yeah. so they might be hip, down for a the bunch exposure of hippies anyway yeah. out in the world. Yeah, I'm sure they'd be like, oh yeah, totally. It'd be kind of music. fun to do to like hit up a different person and have them come see it and like yeah that'd be my goal eventually yeah. like if it if we were to ever to get big or something you know i could like bring these artists to get mm-hmm. interviewed yeah. one day who knows yeah who knows what other podcasts do you listen to other than the movie and the music types of, like do you have um, any like joe rogan's every now and then yeah. uh my buddy kevin have you met yeah kevin we've met kevin you might have met him at shows he he was someone I, I talked to about my girl problems, uh, if, like, and he sent me a, a podcast called "You Made It Weird." I don't mm. know if you've heard of that one. Uh-uh. No, but I already By, like it. I like uh, the title. Peter Rollin or something. Uh, shoot, who is the? He's it's a it's a it's a comedy. It's a comedian. It's like 
mainly comedy mm-hmm. podcast. It's it's a, a comedian who's on HBO, Peter Rowland, I think. I can't mm-hmm. remember his name. You'd probably recognize him if you saw his face. You'd be like, oh, I, I've seen him in movies before. But he, So he has a podcast where he brings on a lot of comedians, sometimes musicians, and they usually they'll talk and it'll be funny. Then sometimes they just get real deep, like, <laughs> oh, what is even happening in the universe? Like, and th- like, for example, yeah. like the Reggie Watts one, they, he brought Reggie Watts on, and man, that dude is, he's a weird dude. Yeah. And I love, he's like one of my top five people yeah. on this planet. But he was talking about how the universe is all binary. And he was like, really just, I, I can't, I can't regurgitate what he was saying. But if something, if you were to listen to on weed, you'd be like, whoa, man. Yeah. These comedians are, they've got some, they're, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Reggie went to school here? Like, Yeah, he, I think he's from Seattle. Went to like Northwest, oh, really? Northwestern or something. I don't remember what college it was. But yeah, he went to school in Washington. and then uh, Northwestern is not local. I know. Oh, okay. I, I was trying to think of the name, but I don't remember. I'll, you uh, made it I'll weird. Se- I'll send you called? the episode that I listened to that like really hit me hard when I was... Ta- it talked about... It talked a lot about the pursuit of happiness yeah. and this idea that Pete Holmes. Pete Holmes. You made it oh, yeah, weird. I know Pete Holmes. Did I? What? Who did I say? Oh, Pete Royland. No, something Royland. Uh, was... Justin Royland. He's the guy who made uh, no, no, Rick no, and no. Morty. No, no, no. The the, the episode that I was referring uh, to. Is, uh, that's the one that I should look for. Is well, Roland something? Okay. Anyway, uh, but um, what was I gonna say? Roland shit <laughs> from Shit's Creek. But yeah, a lot of them are funny, and a lot of them are yeah, a lot of them are just. Yeah, cool. they they were this one episode. This one episode in particular that my friend Kevin sent me was talking about the pursuit of happiness that really like resonated with me. I was like, talked about you know how if you're always pursuing and you know I'm a someone who has these goals in music that I'm pursuing, and that's like my pursuit of happiness, so to speak. But if I'm mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm doing that, then all the other time the the time that I'm not re- receiving that pursuit of ha- or like. Getting that happiness, I'm miserable. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that really resonated because I'm like, because that's, you know, I was going through a time where I was very depressed, and sometimes I still am. I go through waves where I'm like, feeling good. I think I have things figured out, and then there are times where I just hit a low, and I'm like, you know, what am I doing? And a lot of that, that, that whole like pursuit of happiness thing really like resonated with me because you know, it's. I think that is a dangerous path if you're just pursuing one thing that that you think will make you happy, and you're mm-hmm. not, you don't have it. And you're not going to be happy for the rest of the whole time. That's not a good way to live. That's pretty much Dave in a nutshell. Uh, So on that note, uh, one of the recent Joe Rogan episodes, I think it's um, 1,111, (laughs) uh, is with a guy um, from the UK. And it's all about depression. And he had like a TED Talk that Joe Rogan shared a couple years back that I had seen. And it was so good. It was such a good episode. Um, Just talking about how our society needs to change the way we function in order to help with this depression epidemic that is just everywhere because mm-hmm. the what, what we teach people they need to do in order to be happy is completely and utterly wrong. Right. Um, and so that was a super good episode. And then there was another recent one, some guy talking about sleep, uh-huh. which was kind of terrifying to listen to. But at the same time, his whole conversation about sleep was uh, – really beneficial to listen to because talking about how none of us get enough sleep and if we were able to get more sleep it would help a lot of our issues mm-hmm. both uh mental and physical health because we are chronically deprived of sleep and we are chronically depressed and we chronically eat poorly and yeah all these different things and so it's kind of like 
what what steps can we start to take to heal our society that'll eventually allow more people to f- pursue their happiness and not get chained down by this safe job that yeah. is a nine to five because oh, it makes them money to survive. Send me that. By the way, it was Peter. It is Peter Rollins is the episode of that. Oh, of okay. That. Listen to that one. I listened to it all the way through and I had to actually pull over my car. It was actually on my way to see, like see my therapist and I had to, I had an hour to kill and I had, I basically pulled over like near the office and I just sat in my car and low key cried for like 20 minutes. Mm. Not, no, it was more of like a, a, a ha- almost like, a, it's like yeah. cathartic. I was yeah. like, yeah. Oh my God. Like this, this guy's got it. This is like, he's every saying everything that I, you know, think about sometimes is think thing. He took thoughts that I had and made them into words and put them out. And I, it was a really cool, it's a really great talk. It's funny. It's also, Yeah. It that's was, what's so great about podcasts. Yeah. Is man. you have this. And that's like, yeah, sorry to interrupt. That's yeah. like why I've been getting su- like super into it. You know, I've been, I've always been the type that just keeps to myself and doesn't talk. Tries to. Ooh, he had Bo Burnham on here. Ooh. Oh, that Bo Burnham one's also good. I uh, love dude, him. It's a long one though. It's like three and a half hours. Deal. I but, love him. But Bo Burnham also, he, dude. he goes down a, a very. Have you seen Bo Burnham's most recent special? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wait, live or like on Netflix? On Netflix. Yeah, I mean, it's like yeah, I have it's never like seen him live. Did you go see him live? I've seen him live once, but it was his older one. How I would was still that? love to go see him was live. That, great? that man's creative as hell. When yeah. I was like 16 years old, like right now, if you go log into my MySpace, he's the very first video <laughs> you still on have my a MySpace. MySpace. No, I oh. haven't looked at it in forever, but I mean, it still exists somewhere in the ether. I know there's the some ether. way you can go back and like look at your MySpace. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I loved his stuff. He was always so awesome. Uh, I just resonate so much with him. And then his most recent um, special, both times I watched it, at the end of it, I was crying. Yeah, yeah him and so Reggie, good. him and Reggie Watts are, I think, are two of my favorite comedians because they're they do things differently. Yeah, and it's like funny. It can also be really dark and really, really hits you. Do we have any? Decent stand up like live comedy around here. Does Seattle ever get all the time? Do yeah. we? Oh man, yeah, we, we, why we don't saw we Joe go? Rogan. Hannibal, oh, Hannibal Burris was just here. Yeah. I, I saw Reggie Watts was. That's uh, true. I went to that. There was we, like we this, saw Joe. I haven't. That's the only thing I've really ever been. There was to this locally. crazy comedy festival that went to the White River Amphitheater. Is that what it's oh, called? Yeah. yeah. By the way, never go there. It's the worst <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. And so many people come through there. Like oh, Lincoln Park. It took us like, two Red and, Breaking Benjamin. Ken, all these people. Kendrick that I Lamar love. was just there. It took yeah. us two and a half hours to get out. Oh jeez. But that that was one and Pass. only time. I, one and only time I was there, and the lineup was um, Hannibal Burris. Uh, what is his name? The the guy who's on all the roasts. Uh, oh. He's like the host. Anyway. Jeff. Jeff Ross. Yes. He was the host. So then it was Hannibal Burris um, and Sarah Silverman. And, Jeez. That's a lineup. And, uh, and Aziz Ansari and Louis C.K. It was like, <laughs> whoa, okay, we're going to that. That's wow. going to be funny. And by, by the time Louis C.K. came on, he was the headliner. My whole group, it was like five of us. We couldn't laugh anymore. Yeah. We were actually exhausted. Like I wanted to take a nap. I was like smiling the whole time like man this is so good but i just literally can't laugh anymore and hannibal burris was what took it out of us actually that guy is one of the funniest people i've ever seen i love his awkward like delivery speaking of comedy that's actually a uh low-key a goal of mine is to bomb on stage doing (laughs) stand-up dude i want to bomb i want to make it so awkward that it that's like why do you want to bomb first of all no because it's a style of comedy no Uh, no 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 i i mean 
yeah, I agree that people bomb on purpose, like for the comedy part, but I want to make it so awkward yeah. that it's not that, that I just want there to be crickets and I want to like see how I react. Okay. Like I'm not going to plan a set. I'm literally going to, I might plan a few jokes. But I do mean, you think you'd be great at standup? Oh, have I you mean, thought of, have you, I like, think I would too. It? I yeah. think so I would. That's where like that I can would. still be your goal. But I think a, a lot of people have this super awkward style of comedy yeah, that some people I think is it. so weird <laughs> and some people absolutely love it. And these people will do this low key, super weird comedy and build on it. So what I think would be interesting, obviously, who knows if this fucking is easy to make happen, but like start to build a little bit, a tiny bit of notoriety in your super awkward being yeah, funny. Of course. And then just have one where you like know you're going to bomb, but like extra bomb. Yeah. Just like somehow like stuck. purposely, but you yeah. also not. Yeah. But I don't want to invite any of my friends to come watch. That's, <laughs> and a lot of my friends, when I tell them that they're like, oh, yeah, I'll totally come. I'm like, no. I don't want you to laugh because you're yeah. dying I, I, I will, in the background. Yeah, because I will be looking at you and you will be dying watching me. I want these people to not know who I am. I want I want to walk up there awkward and be like, hey, guys, so <laughs> how about that thing, right? <laughs> and just like crack up to myself and no one will laugh. And I'll be like, and, you know, like do stuff like Tough that. Crowd. <laughs> Tough have crowd. You, have you watched I'm Dying Up Here? What's that? Have you watched the show, the series called I'm Dying Up Here? Mm, no, I don't watch too much TV. This but, is uh, a must watch. Is it on Netflix? Is it? It's on Amazon, Amazon or, or Netflix. Who? I don't know. Yeah. I'll find it and send it to you. Season two is about to come out. But it's, out. I think, written and produced by Jim Carrey. Mm -hmm. And it's placed in the 80s. And it's at the comedy store. And it's all these, like, struggling comics trying to make it and trying to get a seat on Johnny Carson's couch. Oh, wow. And it's really good I'll, it's really I'll check good. it out for yeah sure. it's definitely like one of the few shows that i would recommend to non-show watchers what's it called again Sorry, say it again i'm dying up here i'm dying up here yeah, yeah and, and we just <laughs> saw a preview for season two which we didn't know it was gonna be like a multiple run thing we thought it was just like a little thing that came out mm -hmm. and so we were like oh man just did well enough that they were like oh shit let's pick this up they're doing another round one. two yeah it looks it's Awesome. It's good because we both love, I mean, obviously the creativity, but also the rawness of comedy because I think a lot of comics have come from really dark upbringings and it's this way to like deal oh, with the yeah. shit you've been through. And so you'll hear, if you listen to that You Made It Weird podcast, they, they bring that up that how comedians are like, yeah, in order to be a good comedian, you need to have some That's demons. Some trauma. Yeah. You need to, you like, that is where where it comes from it's where the magic happens if you if you don't have that that you're not gonna be funny like people usually laugh at the uncomfortable stuff that mm -hmm. is kind of true yeah. and it like makes them think about it and then makes them uncomfortable and makes them laugh what's uh why can't i think of his last name tom that's always on the jogan podcast that we saw oh, stand -up. Um, from your mom's house yeah Mm, his wife is Christina Tom. Why can't I think of it either? I can't. Tom Segura. Oh, Tom, Tom Segura. Segura. Yeah. Yeah. He's I remember funny. one time her and I were we were in Eastern Washington, like over doing some yoga thing, and we watched his stand up on Netflix, and we were dying laughing. <laughs> like he's that similar kind of style in just like telling these weird stories. Have you seen his most recent one? Uh, his I'll, most recent stand-up, he like talks shit about like Louisiana and like a couple, and he like it blew. He, like, up. Uses, he uses retarded in it, uh, and like, oh, no. but, but like, purposely, he, but he uses like, it in a joke way that yeah. like actually has some real depth into how he uses it and trying to do it as a joke, mm. and it 
got insanely popular because all these news sites picked it up as like talking a bunch of shit about him being like, oh, he totally like was super racist against people in Louisiana and like super racist against and not racist or whatever, but he was like calling out people with disabilities. And so it like got a ton of traction, but it like totally helped him because now so many more people are watching it and they're like, oh, this is actually really fucking funny and done insanely well. So I'll check I would, it out. I would but, highly recommend watching it. But the haters came out for sure. It came out in droves, but yeah. it was it was real funny. You're watching it, and some of those times you're just like, "Oh my god, he did not just say that!" <laughs> but it's so good. Yeah, I need to. The, I, there's so much stuff I need to watch that I know is good. It's like I just get into this this groove of like, go to work, go to the gym, make dinner, work on music for like an hour. Go to bed, pet my cat. It's good. So is that your daily routine? I was actually curious about that. I didn't know you were a gym guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I am not like I do go. I try and go like four to five times a week. That's that's a lot. Or at the very least, I try like usually when the weather gets good, I play basketball outside Uh, in the summers. I'll try and play two, three times a week. Um, I do love sports. I do a lot of them. I play golf. I used to play tennis a lot here with uh, Kevin and my old roommate, David. They both don't live here anymore, so I don't really have a tennis partner. But uh, I do those sports. I do want to start a volleyball, a beach volleyball team. Nice. Or like a co-ed team. I posted about you it on Facebook. You should hang out more. Jordan loves sports. Yeah. He likes doing do like that frisbee? kind of stuff. Ultimate Frisbee? Uh, well, or any Frisbee? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Frisbee is totally my jam. I love Frisbee. Uh, I think Alan O just posted something about they have every other Sunday during the summers, they do an ultimate Frisbee just like meet up in North Seattle. Ooh. So I'm going to start trying to go out to those. I think the other one, the next one's like November. A week. Or sorry, from, May 19th or yeah, something. Yeah, a week like that. from I mean, Sunday. dude, I would hang out with you more, but you guys live like 45 minutes That's away. That's what I'm from saying. Me. If I come out to Seattle, <laughs> you can play way. some ultimate yeah. out yeah. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, always down for sports. Um, yes. We've had you in a yoga class or two. I'm not very good at yoga, but I'm trying, off, though. trying to be better. May 31st. I'm very, uh, I'm going to be at Movement. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, so many people are right. going to be at Movement. Yeah. We, I, we were so close to buying tickets to Movement. May 31st is a ah. Thursday, by the way. Wait, is May 28th. Oh. If you're promoting. Okay, it's May 28th, not May yeah. 31st. <laughs> well, wait, is that Memorial Day, though? That's yeah. the Desert Heart thing. Yeah, yeah I'll be in mo- at Movement, which will be fun. Dude, but movement will be dope. We almost booked that. We were super close. Yeah, I um, yeah, I got roped into going. Uh, it'll be great. You'll love sure it. it'll be super fun. They've got yoga there too. I've heard that they do massages in the VIP, Ooh. and I have a VIP ticket. Wow, nice. Yeah, but yeah, they do yoga too. Apparently, at the beginning of it, I so love yoga. I am just so like I am so not flexible. Good. I am trying, and <laughs> but I don't do it, and I I try and. Try and do it once or twice a month. That's not not enough, though. I need to do it. Have you ever done acro with us? I don't think you have. Is that uh, enlightening? Oh, no, I haven't. Me with a partner? Girls don't don't talk to me. You don't have to come with a partner. No, no. We encourage people to come. I actually prefer when people don't come with a partner because then they kind of get clingy and want to just work with that person. Uh We actually like it when people come solo because it's a lot more about meeting people and making new friends than... I mean, I guess that's not true. Sometimes we do workshops that are specifically for couples, but most of the stuff that we do publicly, it's for just anybody to show up. Yeah. Hey, I mean, 
Maybe I'll find my wife there. Yeah, you just yeah. might put That's her up on your feet. I found feet. my wife. Oh, I mean, kind of. How yeah. fresh? Pretty yes. Uh, uh, when is the next one? Oh, I don't know. I'm not well, very good at promoing. We've got our Kirkland stuff that might happen. Might oh yeah, not we happen. have an event in Kirkland uh, a week from Sunday. That wouldn't be good. So like the twentieth, May twentieth. Yeah. There's one if you want to drive all the way out to Kirkland and come. Yeah, we play. don't have anything in Seattle for a little. Oh, we'll be what? teaching at uh, Paradiso. Are you going to Paradiso this year? Um, no. The lineup I'm, is great. We hadn't really planned on it. And I the lineup, we're like, well. <laughs> love the lineup. It's great. I'm just kind of over camping fests at the moment. You know, maybe one day I will feel like not sleeping and partying. We were court. 100% the same way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then we bought ourselves a trailer. No, yeah. I yeah. remember this trailer. Uh, yeah. It's a great trailer. <laughs> you taught I, us Mao in that trailer. That card game. Game of Mao ends meow. God, we got to play that again. We've taught so many people that game since <laughs> you know, we had so that later. You know what's funny right is when I, I taught it to another group of people uh, on like a camping trip. And I, as a joke... Said the game of Mao ends meow, and they were like, "You didn't say Mao," and they penalized me for that. And I was like, "Guys, I was doing it as a," and they're like, "Nope, like you, we we figured it out. You weren't supposed to say it that way." And I'm like, "You know what? You're right. Like you got me." I was like, "Man, I'm just trying to make it funny." Game continues. That game's epic. Um, But yeah, so that's that's kind of the same reason. And then for us, we got asked back to teach again. So we were like, "All right, let's go." If I got asked to play the merch tent again right. that was i asked super them fun. i don't know right. if they're doing that again but i was like yo yeah. you guys should do that because that was a great do another back to back yeah that was super fun Dude, see that's the one that i feel like that like the problem is i know it totally flopped there but it'd be fun to like ask if we could get a three-hour showcase where we could literally just play that super weird how does it flop? I, I don't understand how they would not have that again. That. Um, oh, no. It's not that the merch stage flopped. He was just saying playing the style of music that you guys want to play. For oh, because you'd have a bunch of Paradise Bros and we'd be playing 114 BPM, like oh, yeah. weird psychedelic. The 18-year-old people would be like, what? newbie raver crowd. I honestly think that people would like it. Well, then let's do it. Well, if they, if they, if they ask... For oh, those again. You guys are obviously not in the right mindset. You and I are very much you like when they ask, ask. You have to ask. You have to say, hey, I've got this idea and I want to do it and let's make it happen. I kind of left that foundation chat group. So I feel weird being like, I hey, you, guys you left it right when you played the the underground show. And I was like, should I leave this group? I was like, should <laughs> oh, I leave it no. Too? So I, I, don't... I didn't leave it because of that. It's just that was the timing of when mm. you did. And I was like. I haven't been booked for a gig in seven months. Like same thing, and I was like, uh, "Should I leave?" And no, I basically i I reached out to Crackers and was like, "Hey, man, so you know, I made a few posts uh, regarding it was like Marcus Schultz came and like a, and a few other artists, and I made posts about it. And I even went out and saw a few of the artists. Like I went out, which is unlike me. I went by myself to Foundation, like whatever, and I stayed long, and I like chat with people i was like so i was just seeing if i'm like still part of this like am i gonna get a gig anytime soon here and they're he basically was like oh we're just gonna kind of focus on the the young guys here and i was like okay so cool and then i was like you know i don't know why i'm in this chat i really don't like need any more fit in i have so many chats open with groups it it honestly like died after you left i don't think i've seen any comments in it pretty much after you left so i mean that was the thing too it's like 
Tony hadn't been in it forever. Half the people in that group weren't even playing at Foundation. So exactly. like, I don't understand what it was for. It, it was just something that they had originally tried to use and then it kind of died. And I'm sure they had their own chat rooms and other places anyway. And so I should totally just leave it too. You guys have gotten aged out. They're going for the, I mean, for the youngins. But, that are but I'm not even that old. It's super funny to see that though. Cause like I remember when I was first coming up and like watching other people like age out. And being like, oh shit, like that was a super big DJ. And now, like, I'm suddenly playing after them. You're not that old, but are you bringing 21 year olds that are looking to get wasted? <sighs> no, that yeah. is the thing. I'm that's, not. that's what they want. And I understand that. It's fine. It's also new management, it's a totally different setup there. And we don't have to go deep down that rabbit hole, but it's just, it's, it's not. It's not the style that resonates with us at the moment. I so loved when you there. both played underground. That was fun. That yeah, was really both of those fun. underground shows were good. Yeah. yeah, I like the vibes there. It's because the people that are going to that are there for the music. Yeah, and so it's, that's why I feel. I like... didn't get stepped on. I didn't get my ass grabbed. I didn't get a beard dropped on me. It was a good night. Yeah, <laughs> and because I mean that's basically what uh, like Mick and uh, Mike Devlin have kind of done is they've they reached out to Mark and we're like, yo, it's so like more progressive people. And they have Jeremy Olander and oh, Lange yeah. and like all these different people. And I feel like, like as that starts to grow and shift and change and I feel like the, the next wave is going to be this 114 to 120. I love, psychedelic. The, I love how those Q, the Q guys are hopping on it too. Right. Like oh, Sean yeah. Majors and Foo Otter. They just played shows there. I think, I mean, I think it's good. Well, did you see where the Olander show is? Is that Q? I know. Yeah. So I, was now, try, I was trying to play that. For, I was like, oh, please give it to me. Dude, right? <laughs> I know. Like, I messaged Mark on a couple of those. Be like, dude, I'd love to play those. Yeah. But yeah. It's, uh, but that's where I say like that kind of leaves it up to you being in the rotation versus mm-hmm. reaching out. And, and they're all people who've been doing that for a while. You know, they've been in the scene for a while. So it's yeah. Like, we gotta, we gotta get something going with the it's, the new stuff. I hate asking for stuff, right? It's, I'm the same way. It's my, I need yeah. to. I am aware. I just, I'm like, hey, I hate reaching out to someone because I feel like just a mooch, you uh-huh. know? Like, hey, uh, can I play, please, please? Why does that feel like a mooch? Out of curiosity. Um, I don't know, cause I, I guess, I don't know. They would be making money off I think, of the night I think that they, you're providing services for. So you're you're providing a service. True. You're not asking for a handout. True. Um, I don't know. I think I don't want it to make it seem like I am not respecting that they can't make a decision of who would fit the night well. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or you I, think that you would be better than whoever? The yeah, I don't want to come off as like, hey, I think I would be better than who you probably are thinking would fit this bill. So hard because so many times I feel that way. <laughs> like, I know the people you're gonna pick. You're gonna pick based off of being your friend or wanting to give them a gig, and not because they're specifically good for this opener. And but I mean, I don't think DJing's hard. I think ever. I know. I, I I'm pretty sure Mike Devlin. You know, he started. I feel like he's been coming up and doing his own thing. You oh know? yeah, he's better than me for sure. He DJs way better than I do. I don't put in enough time actually DJing because I don't even have the equipment. But you know. Yeah. So you gotta practice for sure. Same you thing need to practice. To me. Yeah. When I bought my S8, I just kind of stopped practicing as much. But I, I guess the difference would be like attempting to tell a story. And that's where like that storytelling has to come through, and you have to play four knights that want a story, who are booking people 
that are hoping to play a story. Because all too often you get in to see a show and it's just, I guess we'll say, banger after banger or in their specific style of music, a banger in that style where they're just like, they're not playing things attempting to take you on a journey. Mm -hmm. They're just playing tracks that they like. You know what I want to do? I'm going to go off that a little, but I think this happens a lot in other places where it doesn't really happen here, or maybe I don't know about it. But I, I remember when I was in Japan in November and I was traveling with, uh, or I met up with a friend who was there from Seattle and we found, we came across, I was like on Twitter on a train and I saw Martin Roth post, Hey, I'm in Tokyo for two yeah. nights. And I was like, what? And so I, rep- I replied to him like, where are you playing? And he couldn't even tell. He was like, Do you, this is the address. I actually don't know what it is. Wow. And so I'm next to my buddy, Derek. And I'm like, dude, do you, do you, you like Martin Roth, right? Oh, dude, I love Martin Roth. I love Angie Nadeep. Like, Me too. Do you want to go to this address after dinner? So we did. <laughs> and we show up to this address. And it's we're we're like using our smartphones. We don't see a club anywhere. It's like nine o'clock. Like, oh, is this right? It looks like a family neighborhood. And we're walking around. It starts to rain. And I had just gotten I just gotten a tattoo. So I'm like kind of <laughs> like, well, you know, this is probably not it. Let's just like leave. And we like walk by this like alleyway or this like stairwell. It goes down these stairs. We, and I'm like, let's see what's down here. We get to the bottom and there's this door with a symbol above it. And it was the same symbol as the flyer that Martin Roth had posted on Twitter. I'm like, that's it. That has to be this club. And we open this door and there's two more doors behind it and we're like where are we we're opening these doors and then we get to the back door and it's locked but there's a window we can view and there's like 10 guys in business suits all sitting around talking at a table and we're like okay this is weird martin roth's playing in there so we like like well we can't go in we're not gonna knock because we're terrified now this looks like a gang meeting we walk back and these guys are coming down the stairs and we ask them like is martin roth playing here tonight and and like as awful Japanese gibberish as we could. And they're like, yeah, Martin Roth, you want to come? And we're like, yeah. Like, All right, uh, meet us back here at 11. And we show up. Long story short. I mean, that was a long story. <laughs> but uh, we get to this, we open, we get into the door. They let us in. There's 10 people in the room. Shut up. And we, but we walk in and the whole thing is sponsored by Pioneer. There are cameras <gasps> everywhere. It is like a boiler room, like hidden type of set. And this company that puts it on, I think they're called like Dosume or something weird. They just travel all around Japan and throw these tiny little hidden events and they only invite a certain amount of people or let a certain amount in the room and they live stream it and they invite these insane DJs like Martin Roth was that night and the night after was Acid Polly who's like, oh, yeah, no. an artist that I've been dying to see and I'm like, man, I had to leave. I had to go oh, back to no. Seattle and I'm like, I hit them. I talked to the guy who runs this and he's like, yeah, we, we find these like weird locations all in Japan, kind of like Circle does in Paris. I want to do that here. I want to like somehow get artists, like one artist to come and note and like, I don't know how money wise we'd make it work, but see that they were live streaming on their Twitter account, which had like 200,000 followers. Yeah. So people were going nuts We've and the, the cameras, the cameras already. would, and the whole time me and, and my friend Derek and I, we we're, we're just dancing like crazy. We're loving it. He's playing the music that I'm so into. And there's like 10 people in the room. Half of them are wearing business suits and ties. Like they did just come off work. And there's like one bartender and it was this, it, the room was about the size of this room, maybe a little bigger. That'd be so, so like and there's a, like 
20 by 20 foot room. Very small. I mean, a lot of the bars in Japan and Tokyo are small anyway. Yeah. So it kind of fit the vibe. But it was there was no lights. There was one couch. And most of the people in their business suits weren't really like dancing. They were just kind of like moving. And me and Derek were just like, this is amazing. Oh, my God. Like we are at this crazy hidden venue. And like I got to hang out with Martin Roth, talk with him. And that was your last night in Japan. That was my very last night in Japan. <laughs> and I had just gotten a tattoo and I was You're like, like I, and I'm out. I, I gotta like, leave. I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> Nothing's get, gonna yeah, this. I was like, I'm gonna get dinner with Derek and we're, I'm gonna get a drink, and then I'm probably gonna go to bed early because my I have to take two hours worth of trains to get to the airport tomorrow. Mm. Didn't happen. I stayed out pretty late and partied with Martin Roth, and it was great. And I was like, man, these kind of events are so cool. Like little hidden. Obviously, if we did one in Seattle somehow, we'd invite a little more than 20 people, but well, like you know I mean? the above and beyond, um, probably just secret like secret show. Yeah, like that secret was, shows. There was not that many people. I mean, they definitely jam packed the room, but it was it was very small, and we were wedged yeah, like, up against. They like oversold it accidentally <laughs> yeah. with like tickets, but then like still let people in. But yeah, it was it was definitely cool. Like that, it was like so far sounds or whatever that was that it. I think it was sounds about right. But yeah, I remember when you secret when you shows. That, I was like, man, yeah, lucky. Yeah, was, she got that one. That's it's crazy. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally think that'd be sweet. But that's where I say, like, that's what the underground seems to have kind of filled that niche of being able to, like, get people in at a low price in a small venue. And they're not booking artists with a huge high caliber that costs a shit ton of money. And they're also attempting to get people, like, while they're already in Vancouver or Oregon or, like, around the area. Like, how do you work those deals? And I don't know anything about that behind the scenes, but I guarantee you a lot of those people would be so stoked to f- play a show in America flying from Europe that like they would totally come do it. Yeah. So, so yeah, like I agree about the underground whatnot, but I, what I was referring to is I want to bring an artist and have them play and like not have many people there or, you know, yeah. like how circle they find a location that's cool yeah. and they set up a table and they that's have them play was. and we just use, we just table. use drones yeah. and just film it and put it on the internet and just do that. That's the kind of event I would be down. No, to I get it. The problem is you got to have capital to throw that and I you got to be like yeah. financially able to afford throwing this show for zero payoff. I know. Knowing that maybe three years down the road, you'll be able to make money off of if your I were to idea. win the lottery or something. This is what oh, I would for do. Sure. That's a great totally idea. Understand. Actually, that would be fun if you just had like stupid money. Be like, that's what I say. Like, what if, what, if you, what if you throw these shows and attempt to do that? In a small-ish venue, not trying to get a big venue, get a small little bar with a good sound system, and then you try to set up a show where maybe only 50 people show up, because you were talking about like those shows at Night Jar, like, didn't do so well, so they didn't keep going. They took a few L's. Well, what if you asked if you could live stream the entire thing and, like, try to team up with, you know, Circle or some other thing that somebody that already has some sort of clout yeah. behind them? Yep. Yeah. That, cool. that would be really cool. Speaking of Acid Poly, we saw Acid Poly at uh Burning Man, it? I'm sure. No. no. It was uh, Oregon Eclipse. Yeah. Oh, we were on you went to that. Yeah. Yeah. We were on stage with Acid Poly at no Oregon way. Eclipse. I told Phil and Connor and all that I'm like, you guys have to go see Beast Benson and Acid Poly. Please. You told me that too. Yeah, that's why we and went. It, it was that's you why said we to went. Go. Yeah. And was it fun? That was good. Oh yeah, oh, yeah very good. <laughs> He's a cool guy. Yeah. I wanna... It's some weird shit though. His music, cool. yeah, he, um, yeah, very weird. Yeah. So being a yoga teacher at a festival has some perks, and one of the perks is a lot of times we get to be on stage, and it's 
for me, fascinating. I prefer it, honestly, now I'm spoiled because I like to watch them working. I like to see mm -hmm. what's happening and what all they're doing. And it, the sound isn't as good from back there. Not yeah, um, It's no. not even close, but it's definitely really interesting. And it's also fun to watch the crowd and what is happening and that interaction. And If you yeah. want to experience the music, you got to go out in the crowd. You got to go out in the crowd. Totally. The music is not nearly as good on stage, but if you're in the middle of a dust storm and there's a reprieve <laughs> in the middle of this dust nice nonsense of people shuffling in pure dirt. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty great to have a little bit of reprieve from the, the sun I and the I just like dust. watching what's going on. Like oh, a Dirty Bird, the last Dirty Bird camp out we worked at, um, it was Walker and Royce and Claude Von Stroke all up there together they were so funny i loved watching like everything going on i like the i like the vibe that they they put out yeah their, their whole camp out just have you been to camp out mm -mm. dude do it oh you're gonna be traveling a lot this fall the next yeah. one's in october i'm kind of like i feel like i i mean i love music festivals that i want to play them mm. i want to be in them i think they're amazing but i'm at that point now mm. where i'm like I also want to just travel and take it chill. That's kind of where It's also we're at. a camping festival. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah. that but way. But don't you like lodge? Don't you stay in lodges or something? Or is no. that just. Okay. No. I never mind. I mm -hmm. thought it was like a. Like, that would be epic. Uh, that's yeah. what I thought. It, I thought it was like a camp. It's, it's camp vibes as far as like what you're doing. Oh. But no, you're still camping. So you're camp so cool they like, if you could like stay in a log cabin. That'd be really cool. They, they had like that at dorms. Florida, but it was for the artists. And so oh. like Claude and Justin Martin were in, you know, these little cabins, cabins that are there. Yeah. Um, so I totally agree. That'd be super awesome to like find a place that you could set that up where it was like camp counselor cabins. Uh -huh. We went to a festival out in uh, North Carolina that was like that. And we got to stay in some cabins. Is is a super cool experience, but they're like you know dorm cabins where there's like bunk two beds. bunk beds in each room, and so you're with like three other people that are like sixty years old. They yeah, smell a little weird, old and sketch. That's fun. But, where where were you at though? We're definitely dialing down the festivals. Like mm -hmm. we just had to make the heartbreaking decision that we're not doing Burning Man this year, and it really came down to similar like that. Is it like financially responsible for us to go to Italy? and go to Burning Man, not really. We kind of had to choose one or the other and it just made more sense for us to do Europe and- I feel you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing ever. Yeah. So like <laughs> I, yeah, <laughs> I'm lost. I don't know if I should stop doing festivals or what, do I, what, should, what should I do? Yeah, I know that's, that feeling. That's like the the age, I mean, I, yeah. I the cool thing about Dirty Bird that like truly sets it apart is that they have Ultimate Frisbee, tug of war, kickball. Yeah, I, I have friends that have gone and they come yeah. back and they're like, "We, you have to go." It's so, it's so fun. fun. It's the greatest, and so it's one of those like I'm trying to convince a bunch of friends to Since like, you like sports, rent trailers like you or would something. Definitely love. I love sports. Yeah, you like all those things. Yeah, dude, I love sports, man. I think it'd be really cool. Yeah, I guess vehicle wise, I don't know how that'd be possible because you can't really like. But like, if you flew down to uh, California. And then with four other people and you mm -hmm. rented an RV and yeah. you guys all hopped in an RV and you drive it to camp out and you all stay in an RV and then you mob back. Then sweet. You stayed in an RV the whole time. Yeah. I mean, it's still kind of camping. Though. It's still kind of camping, <laughs> but like there's something about Dirty Bird that is like unlike any festival I've ever experienced before in my entire life. Like so I've done fun. all, not all of them, but like I've done EDC, I've done Burning Man, mm -hmm. like We've done festivals all up and down the West Coast, Oregon Eclipse, What the Festival, like all these different ones, Paradiso, and there's just something totally different about Dirty Red Camp Out that like brings out the kid in you. 
it 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 is an attempt to bring out the weird side where like the weird is like attached to the music but a dirty bird the weird like separates itself a little bit deeper so that's kind of what i would like to include is some of that that weird trippy music is like mm-hmm. how do we create those vibes and, like if i were to throw a show right now in my personal style i would do that type of like trippy weird music like early on mm-hmm. from like noon to like 3 30 or 4 and then you build into more tech house and you get into your crazy late night stuff and then as you continue things on like really late into the night then after like 4 a.m you start to get back into the weird trippy craziness that's like yeah. on its own level so i feel like that like bookends other styles really well totally uh the next there are two festivals that are on my list that i might try and do next year maybe or the year after and that's uh, Gardens of Babylon and Africa Burn. Ah, those I'm are both these up. Those are well, they're very, they're very small. They're they're done by uh, a lot of really smaller, trippy, slow tempo type music stuff. But there's also a lot of burner type artists like yeah. uh, Beast Vincent, Acid Poly. Like they they think they played it. Gardens of Babylon, but I, I reached. Know what Gardens I, of Babylon is. It's fairly new. It's okay. over in the Netherlands or in Germany. Cool. Not sure, but I reached out to two of the artists that are that are playing it through SoundCloud, and they were like, "If you come, you can play." I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I want to do that. <laughs> Let's do it." Because I mean, yeah, interesting. That looks pretty cool. It's. It looks like. Um, how do I describe it? It looks like something that out of like the circle uh, yeah. vibes, like small venue, but very vibey and yeah. and uh, kind of almost Desert Hearts feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it almost looks like the the venue or the location changes. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the other thing too. If you could get to Europe for a couple years, do that. By the time you come back to the U.S., it'll be full blown. Mm-hmm. People will be totally into. That See, I, style. I'm worried that I like I'm. <laughs> there's the part of like the adventurous <laughs> side of me that loves going to a new country and doing yeah. something like that. But I always like being able to like I can come home and like chill for a bit and go back to my daily day life, whatever. But I I don't I gotta like, give up so being ter- comfortable. I know, and that's terrifying to me. Like I. You got your grandma out there. You'll be fine. You have a home base. Yeah, but what if, like, you know, I what if I forget coding and what if, like, I don't know. I I get into the the whole work groove. Uh, there's why? like the part of me that wants to. I don't know. I know what you're saying, but why? Why? <laughs> I don't. Like I said, okay. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> the pursuit of happiness. You I were just don't, talking about it. I yeah. Give up. Give I need up to. I need to practice being thing. happy, finding happiness everyday life, not yes. like pursuing. I'm gonna drop everything and go to Europe and just pray and and hope luck helps me become get the happiness thing that I'm chasing. Like I I need to put. I need to fix that thinking because that's yeah. I think that's caused me a lot of depression and anxiety. It's Fair like. Enough. What am I doing? I've been working on music for five, four or five years and I'm not happy with where I'm at. I'm not headlining festivals and I'm getting older and everyone's moving along, moving along. And so what if you get to go just live with your grandma in another country and spend all of your time producing music and going out to super dope Berlin clubs and seeing super weird trippy shit to inspire you I, to then produce more I music? Think, no, I think I'm going to do that for at least a year. Yeah. I think a year is a good amount of time. I'm trying to save a little money up. 
Well, but uh, at the same time, like I have a cat, and mm-hmm. that's like basically I don't I don't want to take her to Europe. I can bear. I took her to the vet today, and she was just yeah. She's ramming her head against the thing, like let me out. It's like oh, uh-huh. can't imagine putting you on a ten hour flight. And your parents wouldn't take your cat. Um, she yeah. would, but honestly, Mike, she's so old, and she has separation anxiety, hardcore. Yeah. We yeah. Sh- when she, I mean, she lived in Spokane with my mom, my family, whatever, mm. up until last year yeah I remember when you finally got your cat it was a big so deal and she, but she like she had separation anxiety she like lost weight she wasn't eating she would hide under my bed because oh, yeah. her whole she had only known one house her whole life and she was with our other cat and then we split them up and then my yeah. the other cat died last year oh, no. super sad but so like yeah we basically tore her away from where her family and put her in a house with me and my roommates and it was like that was all new to her. So I would hate to... She's gotten... She's, she's such a happy cat. She's yeah. the happiest she's ever been, which is adorable. Um, I'd, I'd hate to just like get rid of that again. Yeah. Especially since she literally walks... She like follows me everywhere. She's like... You know, I know that feeling with child. this dog that I have. Yeah. This guy Blue, he follows me around everywhere. But we've talked about it. Like if we get the chance to go to Europe and spend a year in Europe, <sighs> yeah, like I know. he's, he's going to stay with my mom. Yeah. She loves him, so she'll be fine with it. Yeah, but, but. kind of like what he was saying, though, Anthony was kind of getting at, like, we've we've found contentment day to day here. Mm-hmm. So then it's like, all right, where where are we going to adventure yeah. towards? So I do appreciate that. And a part of it's your cat keeping you grounded, but that, that you're taking the time to develop a little bit more about um, – just finding your inner peace before you start gallivanting all over the world because mm-hmm. that is uh, not grounded, right? When you start to go do all of that. And so if you're already feeling um, maybe not centered and then you add that to it, that could be pretty yeah. stressful long-term. So yeah. I like that. It sounds like you're doing good prep work right now and that you have some good yeah. ideas. I, and I also want to bank up a little bit of money too. Mm-hmm. Like I'm poor. Yeah, Whatever. We, know. we know that. We feeling. all are. <laughs> Uh, well, on that poor note, um, okay. we've been talking longer on this podcast than we have on any previous oh. episode. Oh, shoot. So I'm sorry. You, no, no you're good. you win the award. Don't you have to go to there's work th- tomorrow morning? Yeah. I don't care. There's there's no apologies. You you no. win you win the record so far for being able to chat are the we, longest. Are we going to wrap this up? Is it's, this what you're? It's, it's, I think it's probably it's a good time 11, to wrap this up. Though, do you want to make a wish? Make a wish. Mm. Do you have a wish? Mm. Vocalize what you want to the universe. <sighs> Bing. Okay. Because someone else did that on this podcast and. Or a few people have, and then they yeah. come true. So maybe this podcast is magical. Do you have any other questions for me that you would want to know? I will tell just, you anything. She just said, just vocalize. Vocal- oh. Tell me what, what you want. What, what do you want? Oh, what do I want? What do you yeah. want from the universe right now? If you like, if you could like realistically have anything that is like different than like, oh, I would want to have money or whatever. Like, what? What do you want? Oh man, I want. Ah, uh, that's a tough question. Uh, I guess. I want to do music stuff. I want to. I want that to be my day. I want to wake up and be able to. I. I don't. I'd be happy traveling the world, living in hotels, if I could wake up and just be put art that's in my head out there and create. I just like creating. I want to create things always. I want to make that my job. I don't, and I know music's hard to make that your career. So I'm trying to find ways to do that for a job, and it's it's difficult. Totally so I'd, I'd like that to happen. I believe in you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. Nice. Meet a nice lady that shares that 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 passion. That Perfect. Cool. So is there anything else that you want to <laughs> plug? Anything you got going on that you want people to know about in your life? Yeah, apparently you had a mix out on Monday and I missed that. Oh, yeah. So heck? uh I make DJ mixes. They're called they're lost mixes where each each mix is um something that's happened in my life and a lot of there's a ton of easter eggs in every mix that no one's gonna get but me which like i'd be happy to explain a lot of them for example i was one of the mixes was i called lost on level eight where i was like i had just started playing halo again and i hadn't played halo i forgot that i had i like got an xbox and got the master chief collection right and i had i used to be addicted to halo let's play well yeah we'll talk I'll, My entire, this whole <laughs> podcast, everything we have is gravity lift. Off gravity. Yeah, I yeah, know. <laughs> but anyway, so like in that mix, I purposely put like some of my favorite video game songs in the mix and mm. not, no, there are some people that would comment like, yo, this track's dope. It's like, well, actually that's from a Donkey Kong uh, <laughs> soundtrack that I layered over a house music song. So Dude, a lot of King the- Cruel. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> a lot of the mixes that I do make. Uh, I like them better than my original music. I hate my stuff. I don't think I'm good. But that's just, you know, the artist dilemma yeah. that I deal with. But the mixes that I make, I'm so into them. I listen to them more than anyone else. And I really think everyone should listen to them. Cool. Uh, each we'll one, post a link to your SoundCloud. Yeah, do it. Uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to start having guest mixers do it too. Let There's me one, know. I would love to do one. Oh, yeah. No, I'll hit you to. up. I have one artist in particular that I'm, I asked him to do it because he's he's been super nice to me and he shares a lot of music with me and I want him to be the first one. Cool. His name is Deep Philippe. Deep Philippe. Yeah. Uh, Sweet. He's, he's a cool dude. Uh, nice. He makes he's, he makes great music. Big okay. inspiration. So... Those, there's that, and then I have an EP coming out that's gonna be. It's currently get. It's like a three song EP that I like three songs that I made, and they're each getting remixed right now. So mm. I'm, we're waiting on these guys to finish their remixes of my stuff, which is so weird, by the way. I'm not awesome. used to that. I got one. One of them sent their version to me, and I heard it. And I'm like, whoa! Like I hear the stuff that I made, and I hear it, but it's different now. Yeah, it's such a weird feeling. So got the EP coming out. Uh. I released a single that was like a weird bootleg. I don't know if you heard it. Which one? It's called In My John by Hellung. That's mm. a, I can't even say their name. It's on it's on the top of my SoundCloud. Okay. I put the as the featured song. Yeah. I made that song after I went through that breakup. Okay. <laughs> and it's it, it's like very demonic and chant. It's like a voodoo song. That was like the goal of it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I've heard it. I remember you played Beggar on these speakers right here. Oh, you should play this one on these speakers. Yeah. Oh man, it will. Yeah. I <laughs> I spent a lot of time on it. I actually sent it to. It got. <laughs> Sunny. Random story. Sunny Lax posted. He was like, "Hey, I'm doing a Twitch stream, and I send me your demos, and I'll review them on my." Oh wow. And he chose my song. Wow. And it was weird because like. It was like trance song, trance yeah. song, trance song. It was like, all right, this is a bootleg by uh, Hellung in my jo- I'm not sure what this is. He's like, you know, and then I'm like watching it live and there are people commenting and then he starts playing. And I'm like, oh my God, I didn't think he'd pick this. It's like 90 BPM. It's like, like very slow. And then it starts this like demonic chant. I, I sampled this like, uh, what do you call it? Um, this band that they <laughs> they play like renaissance f- festivals <laughs> <laughs> and they they wear like animal bones and they play drums with like Yo, sticks yes 
did you post about that yes. on your yeah and yeah. i listened to that and it was like this super crazy like yeah. chanting oh yeah they're throat singers yeah dude so i was into that for a hot minute i was like what is this <laughs> i am so into this yes. this is like creating a vibe it's, i feel like i'm in a three like 300 movie yeah i'm like i'm getting possessed and so i i heard one of their songs and i was like i need to remix this no one's heard of these guys i don't think and then actually i played that song for seven lions <laughs> yeah when fun you fact DJ'd for him. yeah and and he was like dude this is sick and i'm like oh my god yes so i finished it and released it for free and it's doing fairly well i think uh, i would listen to it that song's cool we might have to pull it up on here when we're done. Oh, I actually would love to hear it on these speakers. Yeah, if let's you, do yeah. it. Okay, but other than that, yeah, I'm just I don't know what the I don't know what I'm doing. So <laughs> if you if you know what I'm doing or know what I should be doing, tell me, please help me. <laughs> Somebody help me. I think you're well on your way. Uh, nice. Okay, well that's all I have. I Sweet. Thank you well. for chatting with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You should start your podcast so we can come visit. Yeah. What should I call it? Lost. Uh, I'm so lost. <laughs> help me, I'm lost. <laughs> I might actually do that. I actually can tell you. Help me, it, I'm lost. It'll fit. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Peace. Cool. All right. Later. Bye bye. Thanks for listening to the Gravity Lift podcast with Jordan and Antonella. If you like our show and want to find more, check out our website at gravitylift.space. And when you get a sec, please rate and review us on iTunes to help us spread these vibes far and wide. 